0: Hey, what's up? Welcome back. This is, of course, David Scales. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to share some news. Big, exciting update for the Surf Splendor Network. Today marks the first day that we actually bring on an affiliate of the show. Not exactly a sponsor. Um, Exactly how this works is you're probably aware, because you've heard me talk about it, we have a donation platform set up on surfsplendorpodcast.com. You can make a one-time donation. You can subscribe and make a monthly contribution of $5, 10 or $20. A lot of you are subscribers, and we just wanted to um, provide a thank you and also an incentive for other people who have been sitting on the fence considering subscribing, an incentive for you people to actually join and subscribe to the show. So that is how this is going to work. Everybody who subscribes to Surf Splendor for the next month, the entire month of August, you will all be entered for a chance to win a custom, one-of-a-kind board bag. I'll get into the board bags in just a minute. What I wanted to say before I do, though, is that I've had sponsors approach me for the show, and I've just never felt like it was an exact right fit, and i I've always wanted to ensure that it was kind of an organic thing and that um, the ethos of the brand fit the ethos of the show and just my own personal, I don't know, beliefs and what I would use and what I'd feel comfortable supporting. And this actually turns out to be a perfect, perfect jumping off point. The founder of the company that I'm going to tell you about is an old friend of mine. We worked in the wine business together. He's an East Coast surfer, grew up um, sponsored by Rusty and the whole nine. A competitive surfer, and um, he's listened to every single episode of this show. In fact, and he's also provided me with a lot of feedback over the years um, for the style of the show, for you know, branding and logos more recently, and aesthetic, and just everything. So, he's been a great supporter of the show, and I would say a partner of this show. And then he started a board bag company, I don't know, a year ago or so, and he's grown that to a point where he's ready to kind of advertise it to the masses. And uh, turns out to be a perfect fit. So we're calling this an affiliate program. And so a little bit about his brand and his board bag company. It's called Motai, and it's short for a Japanese concept called Motanai, which is a concept basically states that any waste is regretful. So, and it's used with an exclamation point, like, what a waste, don't waste. So the root word is the name of the board bag company, Motai. And the idea is that they actually used recycled wetsuit parts to make these custom board bags. So really, really cool concept. And I know I have three or four wetsuits in my garage that I will never wear again. But obviously, I can't stand to throw them away. So I've thought about ways to, to use them. That is how they are making the board bags. Recycled wetsuit materials with a little bit of um, really interesting fabrics and leathers incorporated into them. They also include a water-resistant stash pocket. So these are board bags um, that there's nothing else like on the market, like a completely new radical style of board bag. So for the purposes of this affiliate program, if you subscribe to Surf Splendor Podcast, you'll be included and entered to win a bag valued up to $250. There's no size restrictions. It will be made to your specifications for the board of your choosing. It includes an allowance for the add-on stash pocket or cutaway for a large single fin. You can choose from any style of fabric currently in stock. It's transferable and giftable, but no cash value. It must be used within three months of winning this program. And what's even cooler is that even if you don't win this board bag, only one person will win. Even if you don't win it, anybody who has in the past or up through this entire month of August that makes a financial subscription to this podcast will also receive 15% off their first order of a MoTai custom board bag. So super cool program big shout out to motai i'll have a link to their website on surf and then of course that's also where you can access the donation link surf slash donate and uh yeah get on the program we would be thrilled to have you all of this kind of revitalized and reinvigorated content that you've been getting over the last six months is an absolute direct reflection of those who have contributed financially to this show so i'm fully committed to continuing that level of work and production on this program and in fact i'm going to be ramping it up even more so so um your contributions affiliate programs like this with motai are what make all of that possible and hey guess what they're super rad board bags and everybody should have one so it's a win 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 all right Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. And without further ado, here's today's show, Grit with Chas Smith. So, uh, we normally you know have to start out the show by saying thanks to uh Surfrider Foundation yeah. surfrider.org but we have an even better studio today than Surfrider
1: it's really fantastic Isn't it's a dream it? it is a dream like mid-century modern dream zone
0: yeah thankfully i've got family that lives in san diego so Which is Chaz's neck of the woods, so we just figured while I'm down here, we might as well get the show done so we don't have to travel up to San Clemente together.
1: It feels right.
0: It does feel right. And you came prepared, man. What do you got there?
1: I've got my standard, and I thank Derek Riley for this, quite frankly. We were in Palm Springs uh, not too long ago, uh, both working on our books, uh, having a little writer's retreat, Um, and Derek, I think I was drinking some... Whatever. I can't even remember. It was some vodka cocktail. And Derek ordered a vodka coconut water. And I thought, well, that's just the most disgusting thing ever. And he just looked at me and said, just try it. And when it came, I tried it. And I've, like, I'm, I've been on vodka coconut for a long time now. Or I, for,
0: I just took a, a hit months. off Chaz's. It's remarkably good.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good.
0: As I said, off the mic, it's like it makes the coconut water taste better. Yeah, it basically it sure it
1: does. Uh, and you
0: drink the fancy vodka, too,
1: huh? That, this is not that fancy. It's a vodka from Seattle. Uh, and so I just like supporting the Pacific Northwest. I see. So it's, um, I think Alu vodka. It's, it looks like it's was, called Alu vodka. I was joking
0: about it being fancy because it actually looks super inexpensive. Yeah, I, I mean, thought I it was a plastic bottle. Actually, no, no.
1: I think it's I think it's a mid range, but it's made in Seattle. And it is yeah. Anytime, anytime I can support the Pacific Northwest, uh, I do. To be honest, I've. It's very nice of you. That's where trash. all that
0: Warshaw... Um, yeah, no, praise
1: comes from. He's there. That Matt Warshaw. Um
0: where, where were you guys staying in Palm Springs?
1: Just uh, I was staying at the Parker, and Derek was staying at the Ace. Oh, so okay. we were in two different hotels. Um, but then we would meet up at the Ace for our for our little writers days or sessions.
0: So did you intentionally stay in separate quarters?
1: No, I was there with family oh, okay. and with my family, and he was there solo, and so. Yeah,
0: I did the same thing last weekend. I right. did a retreat. Yeah. yeah, not a writer's retreat, but I just needed to finish a couple of work projects, and I can't get them done whenever I stay home. No, even if I have the weekend off and like no social obligations, I just cannot get creative work done. So I was like, I need to schedule creative time, and went out there, and um, my I have family who lives just like in the indio area so a little past palm springs but i stayed in palm springs proper and it is radical
1: yeah have you not done much palm springs
0: not since i was younger
1: yeah not like as an adult as a in terms of like creating stuff i feel even though everything i've created there has been trash um when i'm do when i'm there like you get a little boozy you swim in the pool and then you work and then you just go back and forth between boozing swimming and working and you can get on a real rhythm of that, which I feel again. My work that I've produced in Palm Springs has been, I think, all of it has been total throwaway. Um, so maybe if this, if the work that I did with Derek there is not throwaway, then we have vodka coconut. To thanks.
0: Speaking of vodka, do we have a vodka sponsor for the show yet? Are no, we supposed to be working on that?
1: I, I do need to get one. So if anybody is out there yeah. who's listening uh, has a vodka hookup, like I will gladly drink vodka every show, and I have no problem drinking vodka at uh, eight in the morning. I have no problem drinking it at 10 at night or, I mean, vodka to me is, is a breakfast, lunch, and dinner thing. So if there is a vodka sponsor, don't worry, you'll get your plug. I, I would think like you,
0: you said, I think it was off the mic, like with the coconut water too. It's okay to do it in the morning because sure. you're rehydrating sure, sure. while you're
1: dehydrated. No, it's healthy. It's it's perfect. Ha- I feel, I feel it keeps me in perfect stasis where it's like doing nothing at all. Perfect. Yep.
0: I love it. Well dude, let's get caught up on uh, let's pull back the curtain from the grit curtain. Let's do it. Let's behind pull back. the scenes, dude. Um, last time we were talking you broke the news that you guys fired Michael Kiramella.
1: We did. Is that is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Okay. Wasn't that how you pronounced it? I, I think I said Sierra Morella, but oh, I but, you did, but, you but did. I don't know that I've ever heard him say his own last name. So you may be yeah, right. I it's I don't Italian know either. Yeah, I, I think. Sierra Morella?
0: I don't know, dude. Yeah, because yeah, Chow, C-I sure. is sure, Chow, sure. Yeah. so Chia That would make sense. Well, anyways, we po- we uh, posted that podcast, and it was published by, th- quote, the editors. Yep. And then we've seen articles by Steve Van Ries, Giancarlo Guardasconi, I think is his name.
1: Yeah. James Booth. Who are th- all these people, dude? Amazing people. Really? I have no idea. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, my favorites, that's the best part for me is, so... Uh, there's amazing things happening. Uh, Derek is a far better editor than me uh, and far better at, I think, um, finding talent. Uh, and so these guys come through Derek, all right? Uh, and so when I wake up in the morning, obviously he's in Australia, I'm in California. And when I wake up in the morning and read these guys, uh, like, re- yeah, reading what he finds these days, I've been totally impressed. I really, really like the Van Rees guy. Or is that his name? Yeah. Steve Van Rees. Steve Van Rees. Yeah. Yeah. He's been and uh Guardasconi. Yeah. <laughs> is that his name? Guardasconi. He's been doing the I do believe he's been doing the five biggest surf flies, uh, or five most fantastic surf flies or whatever that stab ripped off, bald faced, which is pretty funny. But uh I've loved those. Um and then Booth stuff I've really enjoyed too. So like when these guys come in, I have no idea they're coming, and I wake up in the morning and read them and I, I I've thoroughly enjoyed. I don't know if other people have enjoyed, but I've been enjoying it. So Thank there's you. no
0: discussion between you and Derek about the direction that the site's going, or stylistically, or anything like that. It just shows up, and you're as surprised as I am.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. And I mean, I guess that's a. I mean, Derek and I have been working together so long that I feel uh, the only way he could surprise me, I think, is if he if he put something super kooky on, um, which. I do some kooky stuff every once in a while, you know, or put some kooky stuff up and he does, he has to not his own stuff, but other people. Yeah. Uh, and I think both, both of us text the other right when we put it up and apologize. Uh, but yeah, there's been no apology given or needed for, for those three. I think, do you, okay. I mean, do you agree or, I totally or agree. do you read them and think, well, what is this?
0: No, not at all. I totally agree, but I just wonder like the inner workings of the site and the partnership, you know? And I think that, I don't know. Um, my interpretation of beach grid as a whole has just been that you guys just throw stuff against the wall. And if it sticks, you continue doing it. If it doesn't, then you adapt the other way. And I think like that is the way that kind of the tech world runs is like, Hey, fail forward, you know, sure. just like try it. And if it doesn't work, adapt the,
1: the one, I mean, it's one thing that I, have been thinking about this a lot lately, just because I've been pretty serious about beach grid now, like, more serious than I've ever been for the last three months, I think, or four months. Um, and thinking a lot about it, and a lot more about it, in a lot more kind of serious ways. And to me, that is the number one, the best part about Beach Grit is just its honesty. Uh, and so, when we do, we throw stuff up. If it doesn't work, to be able to admit, oh, okay, you know, we blew it on that. That wasn't that wasn't working. Let's move this way. But just to be really forward about it and never kind of try to hide anything. Yeah, just yeah, be failing. Not only, I mean, if you say we're failing forward, that's nice, but also failing publicly. And to me, as long as we're doing doing everything we're doing publicly, then it's funny because yeah. you know there's no okay we're you know pulling a punch. We never pull stories down. Yeah. You know, if so- if something is a total joke, then we'll leave it up there and just take the hits, you know, from mm. the from the commenters, deservedly so. Yeah, because we blew it.
0: Well, I guess that's a perfect segue into a argument that you got into with uh, Stab Magazine, right? Oh yeah. Dude, break it down. What I, I almost feel like we need to actually back up and explain Derek Riley, who's your partner in beach grit was a founder, founder of, of stab, stab magazine, the founder or co-founder.
1: Co-founder. So he and Sam McIntosh founded stab magazine. I don't know. I don't know the exact years, a, a, a long time ago or a while ago. Um, both of them, I think were at, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but I think it was waves magazine in Australia. Both of them are at waves or tracks or one of those. And, uh, and then yeah, broke off and started stab together. Um, stab went well. Uh, Derek was bought out by Sam at some point. Um, do you er know
0: why Derek left?
1: Uh, why Derek left stab? Yeah. I think Derek just had other opportunities that he wanted to pursue. And, uh, so he wanted the, the cash then, um, as opposed to, you know, kind of waiting and seeing what stab was going to do. I, I can't remember exactly what Derek did with the money, but he invested it into something that, that didn't work. I think, Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, Derek's never been bitter about it. Like, he's always, uh, I mean, to keep the story going forward, I guess, uh, Sam then sold to Surfstitch for a reported, what was the reported amount?
0: I forget at this point. Yeah, I think
1: it was a reported $10 million or $5 million or something like that. But, um, And I think people have felt that Derek was bitter about that, losing out on the, on the big payday or the theoretical big payday. Uh, cause surf stitch is now broke and, you know, uh, obviously with those kinds of sales, I don't know how much of it was all stock options or whatever, but, um, yeah, Der- Derek's never been one ounce of bitter about that. He's always, I think publicly and to me and, you know, to anybody I've ever heard him talk to is real to, you know, tip his cap to Sam for, I mean, for selling, for like smoking it on the, on the sale.
0: Yeah. And it's not like Derek got muscled out of his own brain. No, no, no. Like no. he, he chose. shows out. Sure, yeah, totally. so nothing to be bitter about. So, Stab has gone on to continue doing what they're doing, and then Derek, at some point, co-founded Beach Grit with you and is now doing that. So, how did your guys' paths cross again?
1: So, uh, Derek, uh, Derek brought me on at Stab super early on. I had written some things for Vice that he read and then brought me on, you know, or just had me write some stuff for Stab, and I just... I mean, the writing for Derek was the funnest thing I had ever done. And I was never a journalist, right? Or never even a writer. Like, I accidentally slipped into it myself. Uh, and so writing for Derek and writing for Stab, that was it for me. Like, getting back then, I don't even think there was any online when I first started. There was no online presence. Uh, so just getting the magazines in the mail and just seeing Derek's vision and my voice as part of that vision, um, I loved it, right? I loved. I loved Derek's... You know, to me, he's a he's a absolute genius in surf, uh, and not not that he's not respected, but he, he just really is. I think he's pretty humble and and stays behind the scenes a lot. Yeah. Um, but just his vision and his voice and the way he pushes things is brilliant. Um, and so yeah, so like Derek and I then had a run at stab right where uh, Derek was editing, I was writing. At some point, I think I wrote. I was writing like eighty percent of every issue. Wow. Um, and then once Derek left, got bought out, uh, I lost interest or didn't lose interest, but Derek was my touch point, you know, more than stabbed. So at that point I kind of went to surfing magazine and, you know, was writing for other places as well. Then I think mostly surfing, uh, but then, and Derek went on to try a couple different business ventures, but then came back to the realization that, okay, it's going to be surf where I'm going to make my real mark and it's going to be with the thing that, you know, I own. So he approached me think now probably four years ago uh and said and said i'm starting you know a new website called beach Crit and i want you to be a partner in it and so i derek is the one man in the world i think uh that i would never say no to so okay. i didn't want to at all at when he when he approached me i, I was working on welcome to paradise and that was my swan song to get out of surfing right yeah uh but derek yeah i couldn't say no to derek and so then yeah, that was four years ago. It took us a year to kind of get up and running. And and two days ago was Beach Crit's third birthday. Was it really? Yep.
0: Did you guys post something about
1: it? No, it was, I just saw it on the Facebook. Oh, you know, yeah. This thing happened three years ago. And it wasn't even on my Facebook. It was on Derek's daughter uh, who reposted it. That uh, uh, I guess Beach Crit went live August 2nd whenever Amazing. three years ago. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Dude. Three years old. Man. Yeah, it's, it's in preschool, Whew. Beach Crit. Exciting. Yeah.
0: Um, so then let's bring it up to this last week or two um what was the encounter with sam mcintosh you ran into him at agenda was it? i did i did it?
1: and you know sam came to my wedding right he flew to oh, australia really? yeah yeah he, he oh flew gosh. from australia with derek to my wedding like i genuinely love sam uh, honestly and you know when all the time that i was riding for stab I, I think i went to australia i don't know three times and then i lived in australia for a year uh and i stayed at sam's house most of or a lot of the time right um I stayed with Derek most of the time, but uh Sam, you know, I mean I crashed on Sam's couch a number of times and Sam has been nothing but gracious and wonderful, right? Um but then uh yeah, so I ran into him at, at agenda and of course at grit, I've been tossing pebbles at stab since almost the start. Uh and it wasn't it wasn't just because uh or, like our first thing on Beach Crit, one of the first things we did. Um I, I finagled a video of Bethany Hamilton. I had to work really, really hard at it. Bethany threw, like, it was a proper air reverse. Um, yeah. uh,
0: Aaron Lieber shot it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Aaron Lieber shot it. And I had to fight so hard. But I went back and forth between Bethany and Lieber, Bethany and Lieber. Beach Grit had just started. And I got the clip exclusively on Beach Grit, right? It, like, they gave me the clip. I threw it up. Stab ripped it uh, not 24 hours later with no credit given that it was on beach crit. And so that to me was, I was, I would have never gone after stab without that. Right. So when they did that with no credit given to beach crit on this thing that I had to work my ass off to get, I thought, okay, the gloves are on, you know, not gloves off at that point, but gloves are on. And it was from that point on that I started, you know, jabbing at Stab.
0: Okay. So I wonder how you feel about that now. I mean, in a, as the internet has evolved in the last three years, everybody steals everything from everyone. And especially in new platforms like Instagram, I know you repost tons of videos of everybody else, and it's commonplace.
1: Sure, but I'll always, and at BeachGrit, 100%, I will credit whatever I find, wherever I find it. On Instagram, I try. Sometimes yeah. I fail because it's, you know, the, I mean, I'll get sent videos by people, so I'll credit the person who sent it to me. Yeah. Uh, and then the person who shot it will reach out and say, you know, hey, what are you doing? That's mine. I will credit them right away on Beach Crit, Every story I find, uh, if it's not from generated from me, I will say as you know, first read on Stab, the Inertia, Surfline, whatever it is. And to me, that's just that's the baseline of journalistic ethics. I know you can anybody mm-hmm. can look at Be- Beach Crit and say there's no ethic there, but. By on beach cred, I've never ever 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 once ripped a story without crediting where it came from. Because yeah. to me, there's no point, right? People are going to still we have a better headline, probably, and a funnier picture and a funnier take. I am um, happy to uh, to share where it came from, and and again, to me on the internet it's not a it's not a zero sum game right like one person doesn't only go to one website so if i say this came from the inertia and i'll not only will i say where it came from i'll put a link to the original article right sure. again even if it's one of our theoretical competitors right. like the inertia or stab or surfline or surfer or whatever because who cares go read it there too like yeah. why not you're you're here go there you maybe you'll get a different pr- perspective and it drives me bananas this is the thing that drives me craziest of all i think surf media refuses like that i mean everybody is such pussies that they'll just put the blinders on i think and think okay if we don't mention anybody else then nobody else is there which is just absolutely ludicrous to me like why not say where you found something and we've been ripped off by all of them a thousand times and at this point i don't really care but even with stab you know honestly a few days ago Ripping off a beach grit whole concept of the five great lies of surf media, where they did like the five outrageous or the or the outrageous scams in surf or yeah. something, and it was a direct rip off. Okay, great, fine. Uh, you, they're the ones who look stupid on that because you totally. know, and people will get into their comments and say, "Oh, I think I read this on beach grit already," right? right? Which, but just like if we can all have the baseline of if you get something from somewhere else and i'm not uh, and i'm not talking about like major news that's everywhere like stuff that hits the newspapers you know or stuff that's on the internet obviously if i get it first i don't expect a credit because that, i just got it from you know the San Jose Mercury News or whatever Right. Um, but if I originate some content or if you originate some content then I expect at least you know the New York Post does it to, or to I mean the Washington Post does it to the New York Times and etc cetera, etc cetera. You, you'll never read a proper newspaper not credit where something came from like all the Trump stuff or whatever you know they'll, they'll always credit who broke the story as you know first uncovered by CNN or whatever it is right absolutely and it drives me bananas that that doesn't happen in surf yeah,
0: I wonder with that Aaron Lieber clip of Bethany Hamilton, if there's any recourse for Lieber. Like if he sold you exclusive rights
1: to he it. Didn't, he didn't sell it. He didn't sell it. And okay. and I guess truth be told, Stab could have gone, gone to Lieber too or could have gone directly to Lieber. But we had it up first, right? We had it Got up it. for a good – it was ours first because uh, full disclosure, at that time my wife was representing Bethany Hamilton. And so I had seen it. And I had gone hard, and it, it wasn't easy, right? Like I had to work. It was a solid week of trying to convince both Bethany and uh, Lieber that Beach Crit, this brand new platform, was the place to launch this clip. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether Lieber then went and gave it to Stab, or whatever happened, we were the one that had it. We were the ones that had it first, exclusively, uh, and Stab blatantly ripped us off at that point. And so, at, and again, at that point, I thought, "Fuck you!" Like. Right. This is that is was completely unnecessary and rude. It would have been very easy to say, you know, as first, you know, uncovered or whatever on beach crit and then put it up themselves. But if they're too big a sissies to not do that, then at that point, I thought, okay, I'm going to I'm going to start having fun with you guys. Like and not like gloves off, not full bloody brawl, but I'm going to start poking.
0: Yeah. So what was the most recent poke?
1: Uh, I mean, I can't even remember. At this, okay. point, at this point, there's been so many. Yeah, well, with Macintosh, there was just a story
0: recently that he had said um, that you guys are basically, like, pandering to the lowest common denominator sure. or something like S- to that effect. I mean,
1: uh, well, okay, and so then this made me, again, go crazy because Macintosh in, did an interview with, I think it was Surf Business News, maybe? Is that what it was? I don't
0: even remember. It was some
1: yeah. website that I had not seen, seen before, but it was a fine, you know, a, a good, another surf website, and mm-hmm. I think it's totally valuable and important for people to start new stuff, right? And the, and surf business is a real specific thing. And if somebody wants to really focus on that, that's totally awesome. And it was a, excuse me, a great interview uh, with Sam um, about, you know, stab and where they're going and what they've done and all of this kind of stuff. But then in the middle there, uh, the interview asked him about beach crit and Sam uncharacteristically unchar- attacked Derek, which to me, that was like wild bananas because, Derek has never once said, you know, I mean, I'm I love Derek. I feel yeah, Derek is my best friend in this world. Derek has never said one cross word about either Stab or Sam to me. And I can't imagine he's out there saying cross words publicly. Yeah. Um I'm the one who got frustrated by Stab because of the Bethany clip early on and yeah. then have continued to be frustrated by their utter lack of I mean, they're just they're just I'm sorry. It's just a retarded publication. Um, and when Sam then blamed Derek for what I was doing, I thought, no, 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 no. You don't get away with that because Sam has my email. He has my number. He could have called me and said, "Hey, right. what's wrong with you? Don't do this." And I would have gladly had a back and forth of Sam with Sam about why I was doing it. Uh, Sam kicked Derek under the bus. Rudely and maliciously, I thought, by saying Derek had you know some kind of axe to grind because Sam sold the business and Derek wasn't involved, and all of it was just it was really it was really uh, weak willed, I thought, of Sam to do that. And so, you know, that I got to go after Sam. I've never I had never mentioned Sam, or I may, maybe had mentioned his name before, but never had written anything specifically. It was always my beef with Stab was always just on Goofy. Yeah. advertorial they done or you know morgan williamson has written something funny or whatever uh i had never mentioned sam sam until that point and then i thought okay gloves are off because sam had also gone out uh or was rumored or i'd heard he'd gone out okay. and warned advertisers off uh coming on to beach Crit, oh my where gosh. he said you go on beach Crit and you don't get into surf stitch right so yeah. fun
0: uh so have you talked to him personally since this most recent stuff or has no. Derek? No, 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 no. Did Derek get his feelings hurt? Like, what's
1: no? Derek. I mean, Derek is like that's the thing is Derek is. Uh, I think he – I don't know if Derek got his feelings hurt. I think it's it would be hard to read something in print that was that was genuinely below the belt um, and not true. Uh, and I think Derek feels like, well, you know, Sam has a point. I mean, Derek literally would say to me often. Like, please, it's not a good look for you to go after stab, right? Just don't do it for me. And I wouldn't listen to Derek because I thought, what are you talking about? This, is, I mean, I love you, Derek, but I'm going to hammer, hammer stab because this yeah. is fun for me, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll have my vodka coconut waters. And, I mean, that's when the real hammering happens. Of course. And I'll think, this is this is go time right now.
0: It's when the best podcasting <laughs> happens.
1: Sure. And just do something funny. And, um, yeah, Derek. Derek would only ever say, please don't, please don't. And then... I think he thought, okay, well, I, I can't control it. So I'm not going to tell you, please don't. And poor little Derek, poor little Derek, he's not little, sorry, <laughs> Derek. Uh, poor Derek is the one who takes the brunt of it, even in Bondi, right? Where I think people will come up to Derek and say, oh, you had a crack at Stab again. And it's not Derek having cracks. It's me having cracks. Right. Uh, and yeah, but Derek's the one who has to, who has to deal with it.
0: Well, bigger picture. Um, you guys started sta- our Beach Grid three years ago now. Happy anniversary. Thank you. What were your original objectives, and do you feel like you've um, fulfilled those objectives three years on?
1: I think so. I think we're I think we're moving towards fulfilling the original objectives. I I what I've the conclusion as I've been again thinking about it in a lot more, I guess, just being more thoughtful about it. Uh, is that surfing that I used to kind of, I guess I never giggled at it, but you know, the shirt or the hat that's, that is the surf industry came in and stole my culture. And all I got was the, this hat or shirt or whatever. Yeah. Like I always thought it was kind of, you know, sour grapes, but then the more I've been doing beach grit and just lately I've realized that's totally true. There's no outlet for the guy who really, really genuinely surfs and loves surfing, uh, To be just honest, like everything is packaged, everything is being shoved down his throat, either from the brands that are, and not all the brands, but so much of it is just this packaged thing of what surfing is supposed to be. All of the surf media is artificial and, you know, won't get into any kind of serious conversations. I mean, I think, so you have the Surfer's Journal at the top, right? Surface Journal is a beautiful, beautiful publication that tells honest and real and powerful stories but it's also for the the most heady surfer right who has time to sit and really think about this stuff uh surface journal is honest i believe with what the sport is at the at the highest smartest level most surfers aren't at the highest and smartest levels are just guys who are, who are there, who want to do this thing and maybe talk about this thing and have fun. Nothing, nothing caters to this guy. And that's where I feel beach grit has really succeeded is I feel in the entire surf media space. We're the only ones that are honest. We're the only ones that have a laugh and a crack at other people have a laugh and have a crack at ourselves. will you know, when, when we fail, we'll write 10 articles on how we blew it. Uh, yeah. And let everybody chime in. And again, this user generated kind of thing I know is a is a cliche, but I feel BeachGrit in so many ways is u- user generated. In that it's the people who come onto BeachGrit and participate in this community uh, are the ones that actually drive the conversation, drive the stories that go up. And so it is. It's just. It's finally honest, and yeah. it's one place that is honest. And I, d- I can't think of another place in surfing from the WSL no. on anywhere else that's just honest.
0: Well, I agree with you, and I think that um, it is user submitted content, not just Steve Van Rees and the guys who are sending articles over to Derek, but the, the comments section, which sure. we talked about last time. It's just anybody can go in there and make a comment, and it is a more accurate gauge on surf culture than anything that uh, Surfer Magazine is packaging for me, like you said. I had a really interesting conversation with um, a guy I ordered a board from. I don't know if you know is him, but um, he's a writer for the Surfers Journal. His name's Dave Parmenter. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. Mean, I mean I've never met Dave, but I'm doing the Lisa Anderson film right now, and Lisa and Dave were yeah, they were big. T- they were engaged. I did not know that yep. about Dave. Yep. It'll come out. Lisa Anderson movie. Because he was married soon. to Raul's son. Yep. Of course he was. Yeah. yeah. He was engaged. So he was engaged to Lisa. First. Yeah.
0: Good to know, man. Yep. So anyways, I was talking to Dave because I was ordering a board from him on the phone and, um, and he's been on this podcast and we're actually going to be doing a recurring show together every quarter Amazing. because he's a super, I mean, the guy, yeah, he's, he's like genius. He's level.
1: a complete genius. Yeah. And
0: like unbelievable knowledge of surf history and just a really, really smart dude with not enough outlets actually to share all those things. And so we were having that exact conversation that you're talking about, which he said, he goes, look, surfers used to have the answers like in the 60s, and the 70s, like they were the forward thinkers on um, environmentalism, on living a healthy lifestyle like veganism and all that sort of stuff. It has gotten to the point now where it's what you said, where everything runs through filters that are controlled by brands that are then packaged and regurgitated and the average surfer who's actually living the lifestyle is very disconnected from what is being outwardly portrayed as what a surfer is. And I argued back with him. I was like, you know, you've got a good point, except that I'm now seeing things. And I used grit as an example. I was like, I'm now seeing things like grit's comments section where there's the answers. The answers are there. And there's people making it's it's an elevated discourse I think sometimes on Beach Grit and certainly on Stab, um, it just ends up people making fun of each other. But if you kind of see through some of that stuff, it is an elevated discourse about more meaningful things. you know. And so I, I feel like you guys are doing a good job of starting to kind of notice that and curate it. And obviously you brought on the comment or the um, – com, uh, not comment. Who's the guy? Neg? Who, Negatron. Negatron. Yeah. What is his job though? He's, he's, moderator. he's moderator. Moderator. Yeah. You brought on the moderator a year ago to kind of manage
1: a lot of that. And Neg- to me, Negatron is an absolute genius of because things do or can get out of control, right? And yeah. I think Negatron is the unsung hero of Beach Crit, like honestly and truly about keeping the tone of. What is the conversation that needs to happen and is open to everything, right? Like you can say anything you want, but if it's just cruel and taking the conversation in a weird place, then it just doesn't belong. Yeah. And he's he's happy to, to warn people and then knock them off.
0: Totally. And I think that's great. And I, I want to – I think Surfer Magazine, their message board, it's a message – like a forum basically. Like they've had – Interesting things happening over there, but it's so outdated. Just the layout of it. And it's if you don't know how to use it, you're never going to go learn how to use it.
1: I got I got on, people thought that I was, or people thought that, I, yeah, I had been a troll on there. And I honestly had never been on there in my life. Oh, and really? So I made a, yeah, so I made a, you know, Chaz Smith, whatever thing to go on there. And I did to answer a couple questions, but I haven't been on since. And I, I not, don't really go on. But. but And not because I don't want to, like, that's awesome that that's happening, but it just is a clunky like it's really, I can't even remember my password anymore. And it's like right. a clunky, weird It is thing.
0: It looks like when the internet was first invented, then message boards started. That's what that is. Yeah. Well, I've, I've really taken that exact thought seriously with the podcast because so many of the conversations we have on here then spill out into Instagram conversations next week, comments on the website, e- big, long email exchanges I get in with cus- with listeners and i realized i'm like there needs to be a platform for these things to where you can actually reply back and forth and the thread is recognizable and followable for other people who are want to chime in and stuff and so i'm not sure what the best platform for that is you guys are doing a great job with it i think uh, but it it's it's ripe dude and it's, yeah. yeah
1: i mean it's, and that's and again to me that's what beach crit is that's where beach crit is succeeding is beach crit is true and it's honest uh, it and, is yeah and you know maybe we 're wrong and maybe it, it it skews this way or this way or this way but it's always it's it's guided by uh and always will be guided by you know by some like trying to achieve some kind of truth whatever right. whatever that means in surfing at this minute yeah uh and when we fail you know again there's no burying stuff it's just oops right like that's, uh, that was a we we blew it
0: not to compare you guys here but make this political, but Donald Trump has been a super interesting figure to watch things that would sink other ships. You know, he makes so many mistakes all the time, just complete blunders and just charges ahead. And again, things that would sink not only presidents, but like if you were a cashier at Starbucks and you said that you would get fired, you know, like, and then, so it's made me kind of rethink what, what, what you can do or what you can get away with. And I'm not trying to get away with anything, but I think at times, you know, we say things that we regret later. And if you just, you know, it doesn't have to sink you. You don't have to lose your job.
1: Totally. I mean, and I think that's a, I think a brilliant analogy in that, you know, love him or hate him. Donald Trump has changed communication. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. And to not look at it and learn from it, I think is a big disservice. Like I think it's real easy to get get caught up in both Donald Trump love and Donald Trump hate. Uh, But if you can take one step back and just think, okay, there, there is a paradigm shift happening here with communication. Uh, And I think that's what, you know, again, whether you think he's a liar or, you know, a, a prophet uh, is neither here, that here nor there for me, it's just people feel something and this this willingness to kind of everybody you know in the in the normal news they get really mad at him for saying all this crazy stuff and sure i get it right yeah. a lot of it sounds crazy or seems crazy but his his continuing to just roll down this hill there's something fascinating about that which yep. I, w- I would love beach to be the donald trump of, of <laughs> media.
0: it's fascinating i heard somebody talking about it uh about this week i forget who it was but they were talking about Before he got elected, remember there was that grabber by the pussy bit? of course. Where Billy Bush, who's like an entertainment reporter, was standing with him off before they started recording, but the the cameras were actually on. And Donald Trump said that, you know, about a chick. And Billy Bush just like kind of laughed about it. He didn't approve it. He didn't say it was wrong. He just laughed about it because he was going to have to interview the guy for the next 30 minutes. So he just went along with it. Well, what happened is Billy Bush apologized. Like, oh, I, I feel – I want to apologize to my wife and my kids and the American public. I should have stood up for femi- for women and told him, you know, and I would not interview him that day or whatever. Well, Billy Bush took that apology line and got fired and lost his job and where is he today? Sure. I have no idea. But uh, probably yeah. not in entertainment. No, no, I
1: think he just came back and did, okay. did some kind of like – Thing, but yeah. Whereas
0: Donald Trump, the guy who actually said the thing,
1: president of the United, went
0: States. on to become president sure. because he didn't apologize to anybody, nope. he didn't acknowledge it. He was just like, whatever, moving on. Yeah, my focus is over here. I don't care what you guys are saying about me. And the guy who had nothing to do with it lost his job.
1: Totally and fascinating. What, and I guess there's the like great example. And there's a balance in there somewhere between the Billy Bush and the Donald yes. Trump, right? Where, yes, yes. where Billy totally clearly was agreeing with what donald trump was saying in the time like even if he was just a you know a spineless like going along with it because he had to or whatever uh donald trump said it um donald trump never said it was wrong after that and billy bush you know went off the deep end of crying and lost the job uh there's some middle ground there i feel where if you say something stupid where this is again not that i I'm, I'm praising Bush way too much here but uh when Beach Crit says something stupid, to be able to acknowledge that, okay, that was dumb, but still leave it up there and take the hits for it and then move on, right? Totally. Where you don't... There's always a reason for some for saying something stupid. Like, I mean, I think, right? Yeah. Like when when Donald Trump said they grabbed him by the pussy, it was awful. It was a, a, you know, me as, you know, I'm married and have two daughters. Um, And it's... It was like a vile vile thing to say um and he should have apologized whole heart ho- you know whole hog etc cetera, etc cetera. but again you don't just like you don't end it right there you say F- yeah i t- totally blew it and then moving on and then donald trump got to the moving on real quick which, yeah good on him for that
0: yeah i agree um talking about you're praising beach grit way too much where's beach grit failed
1: do you think oh uh, i think beach grit has failed sorry i'm trying to pour Yeah, pour water. your glass don't worry yeah dude. uh <laughs> BeachGrid has failed by, I don't think we, uh, I've interviewed so many surfers in my life and it's really hard for me to pick up the phone and just call surfers when stuff happens. It's a lot easier just to aggregate stuff. Um, that's where BeachGrid has gone. I love the the low-hanging fruit. Um, the low-hanging fruit is just as sweet, as they say. Um, but I think we could do a lot better job of, of breaking, you know, Breaking new stories by really going after surfers, I, and that's all my fault. I'm um, it's just hard. It's hard in a day, you know. I, my, my pace. I usually try to get three stories up a day, and then all the business stuff, you know, on the backside that yeah. that has to happen, which is no excuse. But
0: waiting for the surfer to reply and all that sort of stuff just takes time.
1: Exactly, but yeah. that's that's where I would love to see Beach Crit go more is going right to the to the source, having more better kind of surfer, surf industry, surf people, uh, you know, direct kind of interviews.
0: Got it. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It
1: opened up so many more doors. The show is
0: called The The Deal.
1: Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Talking about kind of bigger picture BeachGrit things, what does the future look like?
1: Sure. The the future is big at at BeachGrit. Yeah, we have, if anybody knows, the website The Barracks, which is... I think it's one of the most successful action sports sites ever, um, and so we have the guy that basically built the barracks now as our business partner at Beach Crit. Awesome. Uh, he's our business manager, and so, yeah, he's a, a very sober, unlike me, and <laughs> single-minded sort who, who's both brilliant and wonderful, and so he's been kind of combing over our business. Uh, Derek and I, if anybody knows Derek and I, then they know, we're... we're we're just riders at the end of the day, yeah. and you know we're we're clowns. Um, our business manager is not a clown; he's a very serious man who has done very serious things. So those, uh,
0: those and, guys look for people who build organic businesses, and you guys have done that.
1: Oh, and that's—I so. think that's what he saw. Right? He saw that that Beach Grit is filling this. He he wouldn't have come on if he didn't see yeah. what it could be, and that's what made me. That's what's made me pay more attention to it in the last few months of. We actually have built something, um, even if we're clowns. And yeah, so having it, taking it seriously and in taking it seriously, it doesn't mean being any less irreverent or any less beach greedy. Uh, It's all, you know, in a way, it's just how do we make being beach greedy bigger?
0: it's hard when you're so focused on content creation all the time to really look at the bigger picture of things and figure out how to grow the business. So it's important to be able to bring on people like that.
1: Totally. Yeah. So that's, yeah, beach but Street. it's hard to relinquish control too. I yeah. mean, I'm Derek and I, or I'll speak from my I'm so happy to relinquish that control. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know the first thing about growing a business. I, and I know it's important. I know that, <laughs> you know, beach Creek can't just be a hobby because if it's a hobby, It goes nowhere, and and then you know at year five it ends, and Derek and I bow and say thanks for the laughs, and go off stage, and that's it, right? Yeah. Where I want Beach Crit to live for a long time, I want it to be what it is for a long time, but the only way for that to happen is if we actually, if it actually turns into something that's sustainable.
0: Turns into an actual business, precisely.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the thing to and to do. It's not just so, oh you can get rich and cash out. It's yeah. to, to make the business work. I mean, Derek and I have never taken one cent. All we've done is paid into Beach Care, right? Yeah. I mean, it's an out of the pocket labor of love um, with the hope that someday we can make something that's you know actually worth something. But uh, in this kind of interim time, it is like we need you need money to do what you want to do to yeah. to make stuff that people like, um, and that's where we're at.
0: Yeah, you know, I've often in my life felt um, like I'm so apprehensive to ever ask anybody for money, and I sure. feel like I take I'm just underpaid in all the jobs that I've ever done because I just want to make sure that they're the employer is getting the better of the exchange and that they're thrilled with it. But you get to a point where you got to realize like you can't move forward. Like you have a value, and Beach Grid has built that value, and I think readers of it are at a point where it's a bigger part of their life than any other surf media is probably. And they're willing to pay for it. Whether that means they have to sit through advertisements or they have to actually pay a subscription, fee, whatever it is. Like, I think that everybody understands that,
1: you M- know, my hope is that somehow we can do it natively almost yeah. where it won't, just, it won't be annoying. It just is. Yeah. Like it'll slip into their lives. I mean, and not that, you know, all of a sudden a bunch of pre-rolls and, or subscriptions or whatever. Like I have no idea what this looks like at this point, yeah. but yeah, I don't I don't believe that uh making money and good con- good content and annoying people have to be all part of the same thing, right? right. Like that why do you have to annoy people to 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 figure this out? Like I I feel honestly that Beach Grits readership is for sure it's smaller than Stabs and smaller than you know, surf lines and smaller than surfers and whatever. I hate to tell you. Yeah, yeah, I hate
0: to tell you, smaller than yeah. the inertia. So
1: smaller than Ouch. the inertia, for sure. Yeah, it's smaller than the inertia. But I think beach crit readership is 15 times more valuable. The inertia is getting bullshit yeah. Huffington Post people to come on and read some weird surf story because it's about a whale who got stuck in the Ventura Harbor. They have nothing to do with the culture. They have nothing to do with any of it. And, I mean, I think Zach Weisberg and the inertia are, are on the... That's what was right. That is the the recent past, which I don't think he knows that yet. Uh, which is, clicks don't mean shit anymore, right? Like the inertia could could be getting two point eight million clicks a, a day who cares none of those people are doing anything with it none of those people are sticking around it's all just coming into their facebook feed and they're clicking maybe if they do click they're clicking on it because it's some weird off thing which you know all the the inertia titles are geared toward this video of, of this whale will shock you or you know and, uh, you know beach grid is obviously going after the the TMZ kind of hyperbole always. Uh, but I always feel we deliver on our clickbait. But the inertia stuff is nobody's sitting around, nobody's surfing, nobody's doing anything. The the Beach Creek community, I think, is a, a core, core surf community. And nobody but nobody is going after the core, core surfer anymore in order to deliver him anything, right? right. And the right. core, core surfer still wants stuff, still totally. needs stuff, still needs... Like, it's not like it's this market uh, that's, you know i mean i don't know I, th- I think it's a real tough market just because they've been abused for years and years and years of that's that's not what i am they yeah. see the ads they get delivered the content the all of it and you know well, I, I feel that way i feel that's not
0: look if for the beat for the inertia two million let's say they get two, th- two million clicks a month or two don't. million fans a month let's call them fans if they can't convert those fans into sales for their advertisers, then it's worthless. And I don't know that the advertisers can track that fully. Whereas if Beach Grit has 1,000 true fans, it's an article written by a guy named Kevin Kelly. You could – 1,000 true fans is all you need. Yeah. And, how, okay, so what do you do with that 1,000 true fans? If you can mobilize them to spend 100 bucks each a year, well, that's $100,000 that you have. Well, you already have more than that. You know, The numbers already are there. You can mobilize them a lot more ac- uh, effectively than I think bigger companies are that have much larger followers.
1: I mean, that I just think that across across the entire hey. internet internet plane, uh, numbers don't mean anything anymore. Like who 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 are these people? Right? Where again, I, I know grip Beach people. BeachGrid is people. It's not numbers. I'm not going. We're not. Derek and I not going no, after exactly. you know the giant let's spray this on the Huffington post and get as many numbers as we can. That'd be great. You know, if we could get when Derek and I get big days on beach Crate, that's awesome. But like, I love our people and I want to add more people to that. More real people who are coming and engaging with the site because it's enjoyable.
0: Totally. I totally agree. Um, Speaking of people feedback from last episode, everybody's saying that their hair looks phenomenal. They
1: shouldn't wash.
0: We've got people not washing their hair because we talked about it on
1: See, okay, it's amazing. And you you are all credit for that because I was still a washer at that point at our last conversation. The, I mean, you know, oh, once every, once every one, three months. Once every three months, right, exactly. Right, right. But I'm, I would categorize myself as a washer right. if, I, if I washed at all. We call you washers. Sure, sure. Yeah. You, the, the unwashers. Yeah, so when we go to our meetings every year, yeah, you damn washers, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the washers, but yeah, brilliant. I'm so glad. People will be so happy, dude. People literally have
0: messaged me. I've gotten DMs on Instagram. I've gotten emails. People are like, "Hey, man, I haven't washed my hair since I listened to that." Yeah, it honestly looks better than it's ever.
1: For looked. sure, you just How have to get. I mean, I thought you did a brilliant job of of walking people through the the awkward stage where you got to go through the couple of days of Greece. five days, sure. And if you're in near the ocean and you can surf. For those five days, then you won't even notice it. I mean, you may, your hair will look ratty, but once you're through those five days, you're gold. Equilibrium. Yeah. It hits that equilibrium. No, you're you're totally gold.
0: So I got another email from a longtime listener. He said, "Dude, I love you guys together." Ask Chaz if it's okay for a 35 year old dad to skateboard. My boy is four and has a scooter. It reignited my urge to skate, and now we spend some quality time together in front in the front yard nearly every night doing circles on the driveway. I have both a Carver cruiser board and a proper skate deck, and I'll occasionally ollie and work on landing ch- uh, clean kickflips. Many times I'd rather skate than
1: surf. However, I feel like a total douche because of my age. So here's what I think about that. I think kids cancel any kind of cool guy thing out. Right? Where if you're having fun with your kid doing something, if you guys are, I mean, you could be, I don't know, riding a toboggan in your in your driveway together. Like any kind of actiony fun thing like that uh, is brilliant. And I think pushing your kids to something because you think it's cool, if if they're not having fun with it. Is pointless. I, I think that, you know, like you see scooters at the skate park, right? Yeah, and all yeah. the skate kids hate the scooters and blah, 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 blah. If your kid wants to go rip a stinking scooter at the skate park, then like I would gladly get on a razor too and go like flip it around and stuff. Like because at 35, who cares? Yeah. And that's the big bonus of being 35 is who cares? As yeah. long as you're having fun, the more fun you're having and the more who cares you're giving then the better off you are, unless you're picking up a sup. And if your kid wants to sup, then it's no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> then you abandon your child. Exactly. You drop him off at the orphanage. <laughs> you
1: just you leave him on the beach with with another supper and say, hey, I, I think you lost your kid. I had a gnarly
0: situation this morning at Cardiff. With a supper? Yeah. De- uh, you know Devin Howard?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know him, but I know the name. Devin Howard. He's, he's the guy that writes for... Uh, He's a writer? No. He, he, oh, I'm thinking he, Jake Howard. Well, yeah, like,
0: you're thinking of Jake Howard. Devin Howard um, was editor in chief at Longboard Magazine. Okay. He's, he writes for Surfers Journal occasionally, okay. but he's like this. He's always around. He's a San Diego guy. Okay. But anyway, um, he took off on a left, and like this SUPer had caught it from like way. Do you deeper. call Do you call them SUPers? Suppers? I don't know. Yeah, I call them both. I
1: think. I, yeah. Okay. It's
0: SUP. Sup. Okay, I'm straight up at this point. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, well, the guy caught it from way deeper, but like. Faded. F- yeah, like faded left and like it where the wave was breaking is where Devin took off. And then Devin like started to kind of go back and do a, do a top turn, backhand, and the SU pier was bottom turning and they collided when Devin was coming down the that's, SU pier. That's
1: brilliant to witness. And the
0: stand up paddler grabbed him by the neck. Like, as they were going down, Devin has scratch marks on his neck and then hit him in the face with the paddle. What? Like, the handle of the paddle in his face. He's got a nose. Like, it's all bruised right by his nose under his eye. And Devin's like, I don't know if the guy actually hit me in the face intentionally with the paddle. And it's a guy that he knows. Like, it's a guy that's out there all the time. And they came up arguing and um, people kind of broke it up. But the guy's a complete asshole and is like this is why everybody hates you, Devin. And Devin's like, what are you talking about? You're the guy everybody hates. And Devin told me that um, Joel Tudor punched that guy in the face previously. I mean, we
1: love Joel Tudor even more.
0: I know. Like, that guy's just a nuisance out there. And, like, I don't want to say his name, but people probably know who I'm talking about, who Surf Cardiff all the time. And, uh, yeah, so Devin got out of the water, dinged. Devin had this 10-6 skip fry that he was riding, dinged the side of it, like, gnarly.
1: See, okay, I have a real problem with fades in general to be honest. I do too. If I see somebody fading like anything, you know, any sup, any longboard, if you're going to fade one way, then you're going that way as far as I'm concerned and I'm going. Mm-hmm. If if I see you fade, to me the fade is erases the priority rule on a wave and you're done. Like and it should be all the listeners out there should just you should just paddle on guys fading. I do. I make it a rule. If I see a, the second I see a guy fade, I paddle even if I don't want the wave. Just spoken, just to teach him a lesson. Spoken like a true shortboarder, dude. But I I hate the fade. You don't I know because you're
0: a shortboarder. If you were riding that ten six glider that Devin was no. riding, you'd figure out the fade.
1: Doesn't matter. I like sure fade fading feels nice. Uh, but if you like, I get that. I get that it's a nice thing to do. But if you fade, then you're begging for your wave to be shared is yeah. all I'm saying. Like just because you're riding something that's 18 feet long doesn't mean that you get like one mile worth of wave. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm thinking about going this way. No, I'm going to just do it, go this way. Like, no, 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 no. Like once you go one way and I, I honestly think surf rules, surf etiquette should be rewritten to erase the fade where rules are. Once you go one way, you're going that way. If you want to go the other way, then you are more than welcome to share your wave.
0: I like it. I actually think, especially for a guy riding a board that big, there's room on the wave for more. than Of course, one and because
1: you're going to be going so slow already. I mean, even on a longboard, right? Like the fady longboarder, if there's a shortboarder that drops in on you, yeah. you he's going to be pumping down the line, whatever. Totally. Like maybe you don't want to watch him do that, and that like you know wrecks your vibe yeah. and you know puts a wake in your wave or whatever. But sorry, you faded. I loathe beyond anything and again anytime i'm out at a wave where longboarders are on i will paddle for every wave i can uh and get ready to drop in And if i see them fade you're gladly confident. do it yeah. I'm, g- I'm going 100 percent and then come up with what well, i thought you're going left bro yeah exactly oh.
0: well you just said that that makes you love joel tudor even more let's do a joel tudor conversation
1: oh, i love joel tudor do you really oh uh, i think joel tudor probably feels that beach crit doesn't love him I love, and BeachGrit loves Joel Tudor, like the media loves Donald Trump. Oh. In that... Well, that's not very complimentary then. <laughs> no, no. Because look at everybody's numbers. New York New York Times subscriptions are through the roof. Okay. I everybody's numbers are bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of, without Donald Trump, it would be the failing New York Times and blah, 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 blah right? Donald Trump keeps these people relevant. Uh, I've never met Joel. I would like to meet him. Joel, I would like to meet you. You can... Arm bar me all, all you want. Um, but yeah, Joel to me is brilliant because it feels like he doesn't care and he just says stuff. And his stuff that he says is hypocritical and funny just to bash. Is he an asshole? I've never met him. I I mean, I, I've never
0: met him either, but I think he is. Like, like what what's going on with Joel? Like, at once he is this cruisy longboarder who's into like... Jude- I guess jujitsu isn't calming. I was thinking more yoga, but he seems like a guy who's like pretty um, zen in a sense. Have you have you, you heard
1: then, have you heard, but have you heard the story of when Danny Fuller kicked his ass on the beach no, in Hawaii?
0: No, no, no. Break it down.
1: I mean, I don't know. It might be a straight rumor, but give me the most embellished version you have. The version that I have is that Danny Fuller kicked Joel Tudor's ass. Uh, Joel Tudor had been training jiu-jitsu and was a ju- jiu-jitsu mats- master, and Danny Fuller kicked his ass on the beach in, I think, in the North Shore is the version I have, uh, and then that made Joel go like 10 times more in jiu-jitsu.
0: I remember hearing a story that's why he got into jiu-jitsu, because yeah. he, he got beat up, but um, I didn't know it was Fuller. Yeah, was Danny Fuller
1: is what I heard. Again, yeah. maybe it's not true.
0: Joel. Well, I just feel like Joel at once is like this cruisy longboarder, but then I've heard people who have done business with him and other stuff, and it's like... And then that story that Devin mentioned about Joel punching the dude in the face, which apparently that guy had it coming, Sure, sure, I guess, that's nice, you know?
1: see? Right? Joel's the white knight and that, sure, that story. Sure,
0: exactly. But I just, with his... Um, Instagram basically is where I'm getting a lot of this information from as well as he has a lot of vitriol on Instagram, sure. like more vitriol than I would think from the guy who's like the cruisy longboarder.
1: But maybe maybe Joel just doesn't care. I mean, maybe, maybe. Joel is yeah. just, is again, talking about the Donald Trump of surf media. Uh, maybe Joel has a funny opinion, like a, a funny late night opinion, throws it up and doesn't erase it and lets people tee off and then you know beach grip puts it up or whatever yeah. whoever puts it up and Joel is just like yeah whatever here's my next the, like interestingly
0: opinion. it's never funny and it's always it just feels angry like
1: i can sense that he is feeling he's an angry dude but what if he's not what if Maybe, he, yeah. what if he's the funny thing to him is making all these people think that he's an angry dude. Again, maybe, yeah. I've never met Joel, me neither. so so I don't it's all know. all speculation. All pure speculation. But part of me wonders if he if he's totally in on the joke, right? If he thinks I'm gonna get everybody wound up yeah. by saying the guy who is just concussed and crying is a pussy. Yeah. And just put it out there and just let them all go
0: well we're sitting probably five miles from where he's sitting sure, right sure. now
1: <laughs> like, sure we no could,
0: we could have this guy i've reached out to him a number of times and he just never returns any of my
1: i don't i don't like i need i don't have any uh friend who has a friend who has oh so you are yeah, my friend De- who has a contact
0: yeah Devin's good buddies with him. okay Devin so could hook it up. yeah
1: okay uh, i'll ask uh, i'm gonna go out like last time it was alby well, yeah not last time but a few times ago this time i'll go after joel and see if i can get him to I mean, maybe Joel might be exceedingly angry at beach Crit. Maybe, uh, even
0: better. Maybe then he'll actually participate.
1: Sure. He has every right to be, but, but there's no, like, I just love Joel for making news. And to me, Joel is always the one making the news. right? Well, the reason
0: why I brought him up obviously, um, is because you guys just did a couple of stories on him. He took to Instagram to, um, rail against the WSL for bringing on beer sponsors. Yep. Corona for the J Bay open. And I forget who else, um, Jose Cuervo I think is involved.
1: Was there sponsoring. W- did he go did he go there too? I just remember the the Oh, is there a Jose Cuervo sponsor? I
0: think Jose Cuervo sponsoring something with the WSL. I would
1: love to be at that event.
0: But um, so Joel took to Instagram to be like, you know, alcohol is so damaging and like the WSL should not be partnering with them. But Joel even states in that post like he's a huge proponent of marijuana and that's why i partner with weed maps is because marijuana has vastly improved my life in these various ways and blah 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 blah. so um obviously people have a lot of thoughts on whether joel's right or wrong or whatever and i honestly think joel's not wrong he just seems really angry in the way that he's expressing it i don't really we you and i already talked about joel i'm curious to actually hear your personal thoughts on WSL partnering with alcohol companies and then also weed. We're I mean,
1: starting. I think they. I honestly think the WSL should partner with a cocaine sponsorship if they could. If they could par- partner with the Medellin cartel, then that would be the best of all. Hold but, on,
0: I'm feeling a title for a book.
1: Yeah, cocaine
0: t- and surfing. That's a the love one. story.
1: <laughs> that's the one. Outside of that, though, I mean, I think. Come on, let's stop pretending surfing is. It's somewhere. I think Sophie. Goldschmidt said it best that surfing is the nexus, and I'm, I am paraphrasing, between lifestyle and sport, right? Where it's somewhere in between a lifestyle and a sport. Uh, and so to pretend that, you know, surfers don't booze and that surfers don't smoke weed is silly. And so I think the WSL should partner with both. And I guess as to what Joel was saying, I think some people are just boozy people and some people are weedy people, and both are totally awesome i think
0: so let's have a personal conversation right now for listeners um i've come to the as i'm super into wine i actually just launched a wine podcast I saw. did you so w- that's a good gonna, name
1: what's it what's the it called? double d wine double show Double D, yeah <laughs> it's
0: because it's me and my buddy dave yeah so it's dave really and david good. uh thanks i'm really proud of that i've put more branding into that than i have surf splendor that i've been doing for four years
1: how did you how did you get the model to pose for the double d
0: uh just asked her
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you like that photo yeah
0: my mom was not a huge fan that's
1: amazing <laughs> my mom's also not a
0: huge fan of your advice that you gave me oh which was get married oh, get early married. often oh, yeah, and yeah, get a yeah, bunch yeah. of tattoos early and often so anyway um so i'm i'm personal conversation alcohol it's like i'm a huge fan obviously sure, sure. like i'm super into wine and like i also drink hard alcohol and occasional beers and stuff but I do recognize that I don't think there's a lot of benefit to it. Like, No, no, it's bad. It's very bad for it's me. Bad for there's you. definitely no health benefits. Okay, wait, though.
1: Did you see the new <laughs> RT, uh, uh, Russia Russia Today, Russia's uh, state mouthpiece? No. Uh, they just did a thing that said, and I think it was for people over 80. It was hard to, hard to discern what it was about. Yeah. But people who drink, I think it was like five basically vodka drinks a day. Uh, and again, I think it was like over 80 are way less prone to dementia than their non hard drinking counterparts. I'll find the story. I'll send Is this it to you. science? It's uh, uh, RT science. I'll send you the story. <laughs> I'll send you the article. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I just feel like I could also make an argument for how it's made me more um, intellectually interesting and like stimulated sure, sure. my personal relationships and all these sort of things. But in reality, I know like it doesn't. Yeah. It, yeah, just I think it's a deficit in my life.
1: Do you think about your liver sometimes? Do you no, wonder how your liver looks?
0: I don't because I'm too young to really have sure. that kind of foresight. Okay. But I'm now, I'm also old enough to have the foresight that I'm talking about, which is I don't think there's health benefits. But I hear Joel loud and clear where it's like, well, marijuana actually has proven scientific benefit sure, sure. for these various things. And then I also look at people like, I mean, I mentioned the LSD situation like Timothy Leary's work on that. And there's now like John Hopkins University doing um, testing with psilocybin on PTSD and things like that, where they're just taking micro doses of it, very directly targeted at specific um, disorders and it's effectively treating them with no side effect because you're doing this kind of micro dosing situation. So it's like I look at those things and I'm like, well, I'm not actually doing any of those drugs, but I have a feeling that they're actually a better alternative oh, yeah. to the one that I am doing, which is alcohol. Hundred
1: percent. I you know? think I think booze is like awful, and uh, but that's that's my dame. Uh, and I'm totally going You're down. Okay with it. Oh, yeah. I'm going down with that ship for sure. Okay. Uh, but I think 100% that Joel's right in what he, what he says about marijuana, marijuana. 100%. Like, I think that it was hypocritical, obviously, that Pacifico sponsored Duct Tape Invitational two years ago and that Corona, he got, you know, got on Instagram and got pissy at the WSL for having a Corona sponsor. That was just utterly bad form, Joel. Yeah. I, I want to be friends. I want you to arm bar me but bad form uh, yeah. on the on the utter hypocrisy. Right. But Joel's also I think 100% right in that weed actually has or marijuana has health benefits uh, and is not you know necessarily bad for you depending on what you're doing and possibly good for you right. where that booze and definitely beer is only bad for you Focus Sponsor once <laughs> you come on board then I will we'll
0: curate the content
1: totally <laughs> curate and claim or yeah. Vodka might be good for you.
0: We're but, gonna we're gonna need a
1: coconut water sponsor, sure, to go alongside vodka. to go yeah. alongside. But anyway, yeah, I think I think weed is I think weed and all that are not all that. But I think I don't know about LSD, weed for sure. I feel the CBDs and the CBD whatever the other yeah. things are and the blah blah blah.
0: We're obviously experts, yeah. So we should
1: hundred percent devote a
0: whole podcast to this 100%. drug talk.
1: <laughs> but yeah, booze bad, marijuana may be good. Okay, Seriously.
0: so um, another listener asked me to ask you what's the most fashionable cigarette of summer?
1: Oh man, I don't smoke anymore. I know.
0: See, I think people don't know that.
1: Oh yeah. I know every branding, every bit of Chaz Smith branding is cigarette. And I did that even after I smoked, uh, stopped smoking just because I loathe taking a picture. And so it was a really easy way to cover my face, uh, while taking a picture. But, um, I'm going to say, the most fashionable cigarette of summer is the Virginia Slim. Really? The super skinny Siggy? My grandma used to smoke those. Of course she did. Yeah. And the like the super skinny Siggy in summer is, I think, a good look on a man because it says I'm in my beach my be- my beach grit trunks that are basically a speedo. <laughs> yeah. And I'm smoking a lady cigarette and I am the I am the baddest dude on this beach. Alright. I think I when like you it. don't care that much, you're gold.
0: Well you answered listeners inquiring minds wanted to know so Virginia thank lives. you for that um i wanted to actually finish the conversation that one listener asking about a skateboard about riding a skateboard with his kid i want to discuss the 540 versus the 360 chris cote who we know and love i would consider chris a personal acquaintance not a friend but an acquaintance so i could have this conversation with chris but that would be a little too um, normal, and I would like to instead just throw stones across sure. the podcast platform, because he's doing his own podcast, too.
1: That'd be boring. Totally.
0: How's, he, how's his doing? I don't know. I really don't know. I'd have to ask him. Have you listened to it? I have. Yeah? What are your thoughts? Yeah.
1: I love the art. Didn't Sketchy Tank do the art? Yeah. Yeah.
0: They did that years and years ago. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used it. My very first episode ever was with Chris, and, and I that used art. that on episode one.
1: Brilliant art. Four yeah. years ago. I lo- what I love most about Chris Cote is that he has wedged himself into action sports. I think in the way <laughs> that I guess I have, too. Uh, but him, he, he Chris is wedged cross-platform. Like Before I came here, I was just listening to Chris Cote call the skate competition at the U.S. Open. And so the fact that Chris can call skate and surf, and I don't know why Chris isn't calling snowboard. Uh, but yeah, Chris Cote, as action sportsman... Yeah. It was brilliant.
0: So his podcast is Ma- Monday Mass. It's Mass Action Sports show and so it is surf, skate and snow. The point that I'm going to pick apart with Chris without him here to defend himself is he calls every full rotation air air a 540. Yeah. So there's a reason why he's doing it and it's because he knows more about he's comes from the skate background. So I've always just kind of acquiesced to Chris and be like, well, if he calls it a 540, then it's a 540 because he knows skate and I don't. And a lot of these things that we're doing in surfing come from skate. But I think there's also just math,
1: <laughs> you know, Chris, Chris, <laughs> is wrong. Chris, I feel is wrong. I feel he's wrong, dude. I've sat down with with skateboarders before uh, and showed them what Chris calls 540 airs, And they're saying, what are you talking about? Look at the nose. Look at the nose of the surfboard. Let's let's pretend the wave is a ramp. Look yeah. at the nose. It's facing this way. Guy goes up, he's coming back around, the nose is facing the same way. That's three sixty.
0: So even the skaters say it's a three sixty. Yes. So I'm going to pick one particular wave so that we're not just talking in platitudes here. Sure. One particular wave, we all saw it, but I will post it, surfsplendorpodcast.com. Griffin Colopinto in a warm-up session at the U.S. Open. Everybody saw the air. Matt Biolis posted it on Instagram. A bunch of people posted it. Griffin does this insanely huge lofty boost. But if you watch where his nose is pointing when he takes off and then where it is when he lands back on the wave or touches down on water, he does 360 degrees of rotation mathematically. <laughs> yes. Right? 360 degrees from a math standpoint, undeniable. Chris called that exact wave a 540 no less than three times.
1: Was there was there slip on the tail? So when Colapinto came down, did he like go fakie for a minute and then spin out of it? No. Yeah.
0: He landed precisely... With the nose pointing the same direction that he launched sure. from. Now I don't. I'd have to talk to Chris about this. There was a bit of inversion in the rotation. So, but the fact that he's inverted, I don't know if maybe they're kind of trying to add degrees to that. I have no idea. But it's like Chris,
1: you can't call everything a five forty, dude. The, to me, like I've always been real confused about it. And then I've I sat down with Jagger Eaton was the kid I can say now who was skating in the U.S. I mean, he was skating in the event that Chris was calling, right? He's a total phenomenal, yeah, next-level preternatural skateboarder. But I would show him the stuff, and he was like, what are you talking about? Just watch the nose of the board see Yeah, it's up and it's down and it's the point the same way, it's 360. All right, like, Chris, shots fired, dude. Yeah, Chris, mass.
0: Take to mass and yeah. tell us that we're wrong, dude. Chris, we'll be listening. Yeah. Chris Cote. For sure, Jeez. mass. All right, so um, last time I was talking about, like, uh, oh, couple of things we got to catch up from last time. We need a shoe Instagram. Oh yeah, dude, you're not wearing fancy I've, shoes today. I dude. meant to.
1: This is, but this is this is a uh, toss out to one of my favorite people on earth, Paul Rodriguez. I got these shoes before they were actually released. How many Nikes have you had before you could buy them?
0: Never, not one.
1: Oh, yeah, see, so I got these. This is my first pair, which is the P Rod. I do believe it's the ten. Uh, it might be the 13, I can't remember. No, 10, I think, maybe 9, something. Um, but it's the Paul Rodriguez, uh, yeah, his skate shoe. And this is, I think only Kobe and Michael Jordan have had 10 shoes. And now Paul Rodriguez, skateboarder, has had 10 shoes. How about that? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's P-Rod, dude. P-Rod is amazing, yeah, he's amazing, and it's a great shoe. That's the problem, is I put it on because this is what I was wearing, uh, and then thought, oh, no then i thought no this is what i was wearing so i'm going yeah
0: so how important is it that they're untied
1: the laces Uh, are loose and i never tie my shoes oh then you'll never once see me tie my shoes okay so do you have
0: to get like a half a size smaller so that they're snug nope they just don't fall off untied
1: yeah never never yeah you're an anomaly dude what i think tying is like washing your hair these days i think (laughs) shoes are made such where they just fit on your feet and tying doesn't, I mean, you could lose the laces on all your shoes. You should try it. Huh. Uh, okay. And it would, it, would, it would mean nothing. I think shoes have slimmed down, like sizing, you know, not the, the 10 now. Oh, yeah. The 10 now is better and more accurate than the 10 then. I have a new pair of shoes,
0: and it's super snug to get my foot in, so I'm going to take the laces off. What kind of shoes are they? I don't think you'll know them. They're not that hip. The brand's called Greats. They're like direct. oh yeah I know
1: greats of yeah. course yeah 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 they're rad so it's a good leather it's a good leather proper shoe what is what is the version of greats are they <sighs> I mean what are they what do they represent Rosen
0: is the is
1: the sure. model but what is it a Stan Smith or what are they because greats just rip shoes off right? oh, I have no idea oh that's the whole yeah. point of greats is they take great shoes that's why it's called greats oh and they do a you know another version of it, Got uh, it. but it's the same thing so it's a it's a it's an iconic shoe that you're wearing. Uh, it's either a Stan Smith or a Jordan or something okay. that Greats is taking and redoing it. Right? I mean, they're not they're not getting sued, but it's yeah, yeah it's yeah. a it's a great shoe. That's why. Okay, from, from one of the Greats. Fascinating. Yeah. So it's it's coming from an iconic shoe. Your, okay. your outline. Yeah the me. the
0: design I love and it's just super simple and they're inexpensive. They're like direct to consumer. You just oh, buy right. it on their yep. website, whatever. But um, but they're a little snug, and I've. That's I've been a little miffed about it, so I'm going to take off the laces. Take, take off the laces,
1: laces, or or just undo the laces. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tied my shoes in maybe oh like ten years now. Wow. Oh. wow.
0: Okay. So listeners, no more washing your hair, no more tying, no more tying your tying shoes. shoes. Somebody actually emailed and they're like, "How often do you wash your
1: jeans?" Oh, okay. I mean, this is a this is a I, this is a great qu- question. Uh, if you have raw denim, uh, the the theory is never, or what they say is never. Um, the truth is. The longer you go, the more patinaed they get. Uh, and so I had a pair of APC raw denim, uh, that I think I washed after three years. Um, and they came out of that first wash. So incredibly beautiful. Uh, and then, you know, I wore them once you wash them once, then you're kind of stuck. If it's raw denim, you're stuck washing them. Um, so I wore them another couple months and they started stinking. So I had to wash them again and. Blah, blah, blah and then the crotch ripped uh, what's apc apc is a beautiful french french raw denim brand is it short for something um yeah that... something in french okay yeah it's like a french rock and roll guy oh, started okay. a jean company it's amazing apc is amazing gene so um if it's raw you you what does never... raw mean i don't even know what that I don't, is raw denim yeah oh you don't come on Chaz. Dude, I don't know anything. Raw denim is a thing. Start from the beginning, dude. Raw denim is a thing. Raw denim is... I have no idea what it means. But raw (laughs) denim is a thing, and if you buy your raw denim jeans, that's a thing. If you buy normal jeans, like... Uh, are you in jeans right now? These are James Purse, dude. Oh, yeah. So those are not jeans. Not if, jeans. If you buy a jean with, like, stretchy material in it or stuff or something, that's not raw. You know, obviously raw. And then you wash them, I would imagine. Oh, whenever. so raw 100% denim meaning 100% 100% denim. Got it. Got it's it. 100% cotton, you know, is denim. And those, yeah, again, I've, I've gone three years without washing. They're horrible. It's like the stiff 501s. Yeah, yeah. That's raw denim. Uh, the shrink-to-fit thing... I don't know with Levi, but that theoretically shouldn't happen. Yeah. But like, you know, the APCs I got, uh, they looked awful for one year. That's the thing about them. Got That's it. the beautiful thing is you have to muscle out one or two years of wearing a bad pant uh, till you can get to the wash point. Uh, and then once you wash them, like every crease they have on them, once you Becomes wash them, it Exactly. And it's you though. It's yeah. the way you move. It's a story for you. And is crap,
0: we're learning a lot <laughs> crappy
1: yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> like you create, so this, your gene then is 100% you. It's not manufactured. It wasn't. Yeah. So,
0: well, okay. So last time I did this segment and I pitched it as like wayward quandaries of like, I'm going through these things in life and like, I need you to give me advice on them i'm rebranding that segment just it's going to be called barrel or nah sure great based off your instagram better barrel means it's the raddest thing in the world sure nah means nah man yeah so barrel or nah i've got four four categories you tell me if it's barrel or Nah. tide watches
1: uh not because i've never had one that worked have you I've never even tried to buy one because I don't care about the Tide. Sure. I don't care about the Tide at all either. At all, dude. No, at all. No. I'll
0: go surfing and somebody's like, oh, is the Tide coming up? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I had one hour to surf before work or after work or between things.
1: Like, I'm just going to
0: surf. I don't care.
1: 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think Tide watches are a complete no. Nah.
0: Big time no, nah, dude. Uh, unless- And is there any fashionable one?
1: No. Maybe Nixon does one. I have no idea. But I would imagine if you're- uh, like. I would say, yeah, I guess if you're in New York and you work in an office, okay, I will say a maybe, m- maybe barrel. If you are some Midwestern place, uh, with tide watch, then I would say barrel because then when your babe coworker says, why is your watch so big and have those waves on it? You can say, Oh I was just checking the surf. Cause I barrel. Yeah. Cause I, I go surf like it's sick sometimes. Exactly. I go. I need to know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as a passion, right. if you're okay.
1: if you're looking to attract girls then yes.
0: We do have listeners in the Midwest.
1: Sure, sure, of course. So yeah.
0: They're they're all on that right no, now.
1: No, you should all go by and look, by look a, for
0: the Nixon Barrel the, Watch. Yeah. Um, I guess we already covered this, but cigarettes, barrel or not. Oh yeah, no. Nah. Uh, so why did you quit is the question.
1: I mean, I I quit because I was having a daughter and I thought there's no way I'll be able to look my daughter in the eye when she's 15 and say Honey, Dad's dying because he was <laughs> he was looking pretty cool. Uh, I mean, and cigarettes he's dying are, with yellow teeth. Yeah, cigarettes are undeniably awful for you. So i I got more addicted, to be honest. To be quite frank, on Nicorette. Than I ever was on cigarettes. Nicorette is the greatest thing ever. If, even if you don't smoke, you should go chew Nicorette. Is uh, it bad for you? It's awful for you. Oh, I it think, is. I think. I don't know. It's just weird chemicals and, and nicotine, right? Okay. And so I, it took me... It was harder for me to kick Nicorette than it was to kick cigarettes. Interesting. Yeah. That's like
0: heroin addicts who go and get on sure. methadone. Like some, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, it's like methadone you can't get you. You. you
1: can't get off the artificial yeah. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, but... Nicorette. If you're smoking right now and thinking about quitting, because I think I would imagine at some level, Nicorette is better for you than cigarettes. Uh, it'll totally to you cigarette smokers who are wanting to quit. It'll totally gross you. It'll make you puke for the first three chews, like washing your hair or not. Wa- <laughs> I mean, not washing your hair or not washing your jeans. But uh, it'll make you puke for the first three chews. After that, you'll think, where Where have you been all my life? And okay. you'll never want another cigarette.
0: All right. Well, that's before they quit. They're going to have to get onto Virginia Slims for a few weeks you, until you, the end of summer. You, you totally and then you, Nicorette.
1: You hit the Virginia Slims and then go Nicorette. Right. Nicorette. I'll tell you the weird thing about Nicorette. Do you, do you chew gum? No. Okay. You don't chew any gum ever. <laughs> I really don't. Like okay. my only
0: vice is wine. Really.
1: When when you have a piece of gum? Like, the flavor runs out, I reckon, between 30, 30 minutes max, right? Yes,
0: I'm familiar with gum.
1: Sure. Yeah. So 30 minutes, you're done with flavor at, at your outside. Oh, totally. Nicorette, minutes. the flavor of a piece will last for four hours. No way. Uh, and it's because the point is not flavor. It's so, they have two different, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nicorette, they have, like, two milligram, four milligram. Four milligram, I think, will last for three hours. The flavor will last the entire time, plus, uh, because the whole point is just... and. Yeah, you're not chewing, you're packing it. Like, you chew, and then you stick it down there, and it's just your body's just soaking up the nicotine, right? Dude,
0: I was at the bar the other day. Yeah. I saw somebody stuffing what I thought was a piece of gum in their lip.
1: That's what it is. So That's you're not, what it is. You're not supposed to chew it. You chew it to activate the nicotine. Uh, so the rules for okay. Nicorette are you chew it, and then you stick it in your lower lip uh, because it's just absorbing the – and then. When you stop feeling the buzz, you chew it again for a couple chews and you pack it again. Uh, and so, and you could do that for four hours. And so, and it tastes good. And so when I, you know, got into Nicorette, I was like, this is genius. You can be having a nicotine buzz basically around the clock, which is why you can, why you'll get addicted because you're just, so four hours is up, you pop another piece and then you're on for another four hours that's and amazing you just basically chew it all day Dude, just, i had
0: no idea what that guy was doing and i thought he was a weirdo
1: anybody you choose obviously like in movies when yeah. they're chewing nicotine gum they'll chew it that's not what you do you, you chew and you pack
0: okay good yeah. to know Yep, barrel or nah yeah asymmetrical surfboards
1: I, have you ever ridden one i do yeah i have a few is it fun i've never ridden one
0: okay so i am guess i'm gonna answer
1: barrel or not nah. exactly i say barrel What's the difference between asymmetrical when you're actually riding? Okay, my wonder is, my question is, what if you go the other way of the the way that it's the asymmetrical doesn't go right?
0: That is a misnomer. You are looking at it wrong, or whoever explained it to you explained it to you. Wrong. Nobody's ever explained.
1: It. I just look at All it and I, think, okay. okay, this is supposed to go one way on the way. That's right? incorrect. This is no, on my. Forehead. That's not
0: true. No, okay. it goes left and right, either direction.
1: How does it fit the wave then? I'll explain it okay
0: so look down at your foot is your foot symmetrical no look at a wave is a wave symmetrical yes no it's not a oh. wave is not symmetrical any water never traverses the board symmetrically at any moment at any time nothing that's happening is symmetrical so there's zero reason why the board itself should be symmetrical more important than the wave is your foot so if Your foot standing on the board, your toes have the ability to leverage, meaning pull, and your heels have, and push, but your heels don't have the ability to leverage so much. They have the ability to push, and they're heavier. The point of the kind of center point of your foot isn't actually in the center because there's more weight on your heels than there is on your toes. So the center point of where your weight is distributed isn't in the middle of your foot. It's closer to your heels. So you take those things into account to make the toe side of your board like more longer, like the stringer is actually pulled closer to your heels. So there's a longer distance of foam in terms of width from the stringer to the rail on your toe side, but it's narrow. It's a uh, thinner.
1: So why don't they just brand, why don't they just brand them regular goofy boards? They
0: could. Yeah, they should.
1: They should. Yeah. Cause the then I may- would buy one. Yes. I've always thought that an asymmetrical board up until this moment uh, was for somebody who wanted to go on their forehand.
0: Not true. So I ha- I'm a regular f- footed surfer. I have a num- three, I think, actually asymmetrical boards. I can go right or left on them, but a goofy footer couldn't ride the board.
1: Who's your Asim shapers?
0: Um, I've gotten them from Donald Brink, who's a San Clemente shaper. Um, Matt Parker at Album Surfboards. And he does non-asymmetrical... He does symmetrical boards as well, but he does do asymmetrical boards, and he's done a number for Josh Kerr recently. Of, um, ooh. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm mean, finish off, but I have one more question.
0: Um, so the answer is, the board is designed for your foot, but it's not... I will say to you, like, it's impossible to say to the shaper, like, hey, Matt Parker... Shape a asymmetrical board, let's shape a five eleven shortboard thruster, an asymmetrical version, and then a symmetrical version, and I'm gonna take those things out tomorrow and ride both of them and tell you the differences between the two.
1: It's a very difficult study to do. Why don't you would think you'd think that pros would all be riding asymmetrical then? you
0: know how slow the surf world is to adapt to
1: change. Do you think they will be?
0: I think i I don't know, I think that they will be experimenting with them and in in competition, yeah, they already have been a couple Who? of years ago. Josh Kerr wrote asymmetrical boards at Chopu, shaped by Rusty because Chopu it's like I just need the heel side to sure. be yeah like, yeah, I could do this, I just need to get into this line and so. There was a lot less variables to manage for. Wait,
1: in, at Chopu, if yeah. you're Josh Kerr, say yeah, he's regular, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, would his he's dropping? Would his heel side side be thinner or thicker? Thicker, Thin, thicker, thicker. What for the mean? weight of your heels? Okay, there's probably
0: a sharp edge on the rail. Uh, exactly,
1: that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so thicker with a sharp edge. Yeah, and your toe side would be uh, thinner and rounded. Because or does d- doesn't it's matter
0: thinner in terms of. Again, obviously thickness, but wider from the stringer to the actual. Why wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: like I'm glad you brought up Chopu because this would be the perfect example. You're no nobody in history has ever gone right on Chopu. You're only going. That's not true,
0: actually. Tommy Whitaker got a ten
1: going on a right? right at Chopu. I think it was
0: against Slater. Can you post it? No, I've looked for it. I watched it live on the internet. It was like when the internet first started streaming surfing... That's
1: brilliant to know. I was
0: tripping. Tommy Witts, dude. Tommy somebody Witz. needs to... Uh, we'll reach out maybe to Warshaw or somebody. Somebody had to know, be able to validate this. Tommy Witts went
1: right at Chope. Got a barrel. Yeah. Came out.
0: Ten. I think it was against Kelly.
1: I mean, this is an amazing moment <laughs> in surf history, right? Yeah.
0: We need to ask either Warshaw or Joe Terpel or Dave Stanfield or somebody... I, I witnessed it but I need validation.
1: This is a ama- may I mean All right, we'll dig it up. Okay. We'll dig it up. Okay. But so anyway, Choba would be the perfect place for if asymmetrical asymmetrical boards actually meant something to test it. Sure, cuz you're never going right, except if you're talking about right. But uh yeah. And it's also
0: to do with the rail line. Like one rail is longer sure. than the other rail. So um, and the thing is the ones that Josh Kerr wrote, you couldn't tell they were asymmetrical by looking at them. They looked symmetrical, but there was design
1: thickness and yeah. yeah see, yeah. I mean, why don't, why wouldn't you just have like a super long fat left rail and a super thin, yeah. like, why wouldn't you? I don't know. Are, do you think it's because how did Josh do on those boards?
0: I don't remember actually. And, I just think that it's the surf world is super slow to adapt to change. Look at um, Stu Kennedy, what he did at Snapper a year or two ago on the fire, the Slater Designs yeah, the, board, the sci-fi with,
1: with the sci-fi. Yeah.
0: Well, did everybody on tour start writing shorter boards that were flat, planing halls with a bunch of channels in them? No, nobody did except yeah. Kelly. So it's you know it just takes a long time for change to take place, and nobody's willing to risk it. When world tour heats are on the line,
1: is that? I mean, is the is the future? Do you think? Sorry to belabor no, the barrel, or yeah. no? But is the future asymmetrical?
0: Okay, I keep kind of hedging my guesses. I'm going to say yes.
1: The future. So I think it is. In
0: Slater, I remember Slater being interviewed in the U.S. Open three or four years ago, and somebody asked him. I think it was uh, GT from Von Zipper. Sure, sure. Was like, hey man, what's the future of surfboards look like for you? And he goes. I think it looks asymmetrical. Slater said it.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, he
0: was and then he mentioned Tomo and like this was prior to Slater designs or any of that, but he did mention Tomo and he's like he's doing some really interesting things. Stewie Kennedy's riding them, those boards look incredible, but I think asymmetry just makes a lot of sense from a theoretical standpoint.
1: I mean, when when I hear you explain it, it yeah. completely does and makes me want to actually go get one. Um
0: Pat Curran said nobody's made a symmetrical board <laughs> like everything's asymmetrical sure. like it's in just, the most subtle it's nuance just, it's
1: just randomly asymmetrical though as opposed to you could try your hardest to make it symmetrical nobody's that sure big. sure but if i'm going to get a i mean i you know i get all my boards as has matt Biolis made not an asym
0: no not that i know of
1: does he like it
0: I don't know. You'd have to talk to him.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try to get Biolas to make me an asymmetrical board.
0: Go for it. I mean, you'd have to. I don't. You'll be the first one that he's ever, first really? person he's ever shaped one for, as far as I know. I mean, you'd have to go. I mean, look at Ryan Birch is riding them and really successfully.
1: Um, can I go ask Matt Biolas? I mean, can I? Yeah, I will go ask Matt Biolas what he thinks about this because I'm very curious. Yeah, why? Why isn't he shaping only asymmetricals?
0: Yeah. Ask him. I'd be curious to hear what he says. I think listeners would be curious to hear what he says. I've done a number of podcasts with both Donald Brink and Matt Parker talking about this and Carl Ekstrom, who actually had a patent on asymmetrical surfboard design back in the 60s.
1: Amazing.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, they're just fighting an uphill battle. They're like, look, dude, the evidence is in. There's zero reason why we ever should have been doing symmetrical boards in the first place. Sure. But – when you take an asymmetrical board to the beach, every single part, person, if they don't point and laugh, they point and go, what the heck are you riding, dude? Who are you? Like, what are you?
1: But on, on your, do you feel you surf better on one? I don't.
0: There's no deficit. I will say that. I can't say I surf better or not, but just, there's zero deficit. There's, in, there's no moment where I stand up and I go, whoa, what's happening here? No, it just feels like a normal surfboard.
1: Can you feel? So you don't feel different? No. No. So then, what's the point? I guess then it's then it doesn't work.
0: I don't know. You know, it's you can get order the same two short boards from Biolis that are symmetrical, and you like one more than you like the other. So how do I know that the asymmetrical board that I got is the parts that I don't like about it, the asymmetry, or is it just it doesn't have the mojo?
1: I don't know. But see, I guess that's what, it's something that looks that different. I know. If something if something is a a radical design change from what I'm I'm used to and I don't feel significantly better on it then I'm going to say it doesn't work. Right. Like you should theoretically if that's true, if it's true, if it's that, you know, thinner on your toe side, thicker on your heel side, et cetera, et cetera mattered, then you would feel it. Right. And if you don't feel it, I'm going to say it's a failure. Fair enough, right?
0: Yeah, sure. Go with that. <laughs> go that keep writing what you're writing you know what i mean like i don't know it's there's too many variables to really track it all like that's the other thing that i just think from a theory theory standpoint is because water's traversing at every different angle and there's too many things to account for give me simple simpler the better a straight line and i'll try to figure out how to work with a straight line then once i get really good at that let's add a curve And then let's add a channel and then
1: I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately the the need for a beachcrit.com TM uh, the everyman surf comp where you get a bunch of normal surfers out on different boards and have an actual surf contest like surfers are the same roughly the same level right where when we watch the WSL there's really good surfers and I mean they're all really good obviously and some are just clearly better than others uh, What if we stuck out? average guys on different boards and watch what they could do to me that would be more telling you know it wouldn't be more entertaining but it would be somehow elucidating of okay like what should we the average surfer be trying to ride yeah like what if somebody average guy went out and smoked it on like a mini simmons yeah and then you'd think okay that's you know that this is the surfboard for the average man, honestly. Yeah. Or you know, or if you went out and smoked it on ASIM, or if you went out and smoked it on a square nose tomo or whatever. Like, I think there's enough different or surfboard shape variation, but w- like the average surfer. And again, I think it's funny. The average surfer, I think, is the is the standard, right? Like, I think for the people we're talking to now, anyway, very few of us obviously i mean if anybody who can't surf is listening to this podcast then god bless them uh my mom's listening (laughs) if people who are like doing 540 slash 360s are listening then also god bless them because that's not who this is for this is for the guys going out and doing a really sick cut in his mind a really sick cut back Right. right i mean what's what's your best move Dude, if I like really crack the lip like
0: hard and maybe get a little bit of drift, I'm thinking about that for like two or three.
1: Sure, days. sure. Yeah. How much? How much spray is going off your lip crack? Is it a full rooster? I would like to think so. Like, have you seen pictures of you fully? I don't roostering? see
0: photos of myself really. No,
1: but you 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 feel like that I, you're I've like, definitely boom. done.
0: I've definitely done like drop in like full bottom turn like straight up into like a lip that like looks like it's just going to smack me down and then i end up drifting through it and i remember one session at the pier not that long ago where i was then paddling out afterwards and the guy was like that was so sick or like i saw like that section was so vertical i didn't think you were going to crack it i thought you were going to go around it and that was sick so like one or two of those a month and i'm
1: psyching so a proper lip smack Property. see so that's the thing i guess like the differences in pros i think are, are very are vast the differences in us uh it's either a good crack or a or a really like my favorite my when i feel the best is when i do a proper roundhouse right where i yeah, hold my rail so good. I hold my rail through. I come back to the whitewash. I rebound off the whitewash, and I'm back into the wave. And then I think I'm the best surfer on the face of the earth.
0: Rebound off the top of the whitewash. Yeah,
1: like I've Boof. never done that in my oh, life. Okay. I've only hit the bottom of the whitewash, okay, okay, but I've been able enough. to somehow turn it back around fair into back into the face of the wave. Right. Okay. But so the difference between big crack and kind of crappy rebound. Is not that much. I reckon the difference between all of the middle, everybody listening to this podcast is not that much, right? Yeah. uh, And so there's got to be a board shape that's better for us than another board shape, right? What is that?
0: I just did a podcast with Dane Hans, who makes a brand called Vulcan.
1: I love Dane Hans. Do you? I love Vulcan. Yeah.
0: And I think he's making that board.
1: So Vulcan is my gun. Is I, have a, <laughs> I have a gun. Yeah. It's 6'2". I have a Dane Hands gun. I think he gave me a... It might be 6'8". Okay. Proper... Like, I told him that, you know, when it gets big, uh, you know, out at, you know, obviously big Encinitas is like yeah. not that big. But, you know, in the winter it gets... There's some proper days. And he gave me like a razor thin gun that's a pr- like it's a beautiful beautiful surfboard and I absolutely love it
0: hmm.
1: um, and he also shaped me another one that's totally great uh, he's brilliant right but what's he shaping he's shaping you-
0: little. what looks like little spaceships to me they're like six foot around maybe under maybe a little over depending on your height and they're quads oftentimes and they have carbon on them and they're like thicker flatter um, rocker wider boards that are A lot of paddle power, but like high performance characteristics in the boards. I mean, to me, that looks like what you and I think that we're ripping on.
1: You should, you and I and Beach Grit and Surf Splendor should just do the everyman challenge, right? Where we take, it's, we put 20 average surfers. They're not, they don't suck. They can do both crack the lip and do a roundhouse out on different boards and just because there's something we should be riding. You and I I are not separated by, no. You're not Kelly Slater and I'm not. No. You know, like kook on the beach, right? Like, you and I are in the same rough ballpark. Uh, And so there's got to be a board better for us. I
0: agree. So, barrel or nah, final category. You forgot we were doing barrel or nah segment.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Read receipts on the phone. You know you can set so that when you send a text message, it shows you that the other person read it or not.
1: Oh, not. Barrel not, not, barrel, barrel, not, not barrel, not barrel.
0: Read receipts, no barrel.
1: It, read receipts were barrel if you had it when you had a BlackBerry and you used BBM. Did you ever do that?
0: No, I, I never. Mean, had this is
1: old technology. Yeah. If you had a BlackBerry, you could do BBM, so you could, you know, BlackBerry Messenger people, and you would see right away when they read it. Right. It's totally an invasion of privacy. I mm. will say, like, I love reading text messages and not responding for forty-eight hours. It's a real personal pleasure of mine. Uh, and if you take away that, I'm furious. If they know, if the person knows, hey, this guy just blew me off. Forty eight hours. That's rude. Like sometimes I need to think about what I'm going to say. Uh, sometimes I just don't have the time. I, yeah. I need to read it, but I can't respond then. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't? agree. But don't
0: you love when you can see if they've read it or not?
1: No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Okay. I'm, I mean, I know. I guess I'm so aware of my own like my own habits do not relate in any way shape or form to the care i have for the person like i could read text messages from my wife and not respond for 10 hours uh and it's just because i you know i just couldn't think of the right response right. Or, like i don't want her to know that i read them uh yeah okay. i want yeah
0: read nah. receipts nah. nah so we got tide watches nah no nah. cigarettes nah asymmetrical i say barrel
1: and I say, let's do a contest.
0: Perfect. I'm on, I'm on board for that. I'll get one of those guys to loan you a board. How's that?
1: If I can get it, I'm never in one. I would love to ride an ASIM.
0: All right. I'll get you a loaner. Read receipts? Nah. So we got three naws, one barrel.
1: I feel, and that's great because last week or it was last show it was all barrels. Yeah. Pretty much all barrels.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to. This is not really a segment that you and I need to discuss. I just want to pitch the concept right now. And I want to create kind of a viral movement so listeners can start hashtagging kook or curran.
1: Yeah. Hashtag kook or curran. Brilliant.
0: And so this is just something that I've noticed in the water. There's only the biggest kooks in the world do it, or Tom Curran does it. And that's it. Nobody in between. There's no middle class surfer that is doing these things. It's just the biggest kooks and so we talked about front traction last time you've either got noah dean doing the craziest front straight air with a front traction or the guy who has no idea what he's doing and accidentally puts his rear traction pad in the middle of his surfboard yep so kooker current right there um I just kind of referenced it last time. We didn't really discuss it, but the GoPro mounted on the nose of your surfboard. 100%. That's a full cougar current. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Walsh is getting barreled in skeleton at skeleton Bay, Bay yeah. for 80 seconds doing it. Or the only time I've ever seen the m- nose mounted GoPro is Carter. the biggest kook in the world sure. at the beach. Right. I thought of a, c- And then we talked about holding your board with the wax yep. towards your ribs. You and I called it the biggest kook move. Well, then listeners sent us photos of Tom Kern and Shane Horan doing it. Yep. So I was like, shoot,
1: That's I guess, yeah.
0: I guess it's not just kooks. It's kooker Curran. Yeah. So hashtag kooker Curran. listeners tag that whenever you see a post on kook slams, Chaz's Instagram, anywhere, hashtag it kooker Curran. Then I'll track them down, yeah. but I've got two new ones for you. Good. Okay. Front wetsuit zip. You either see the hipster wearing the jacket that's zipped in the front and he's like hanging 10 and like totally shredding on a longboard or on kook, kook of the day you see a guy wearing backwards it backwards <laughs> exactly <laughs> the you d- full body rip curl zipped up backwards have you done the front zip? no I've never
1: done one so I've done one uh, in my hipster days because I thought oh look I can make my, my wetsuit a v-neck right this is perfect uh, and it hits right in your sternum <laughs> and it's so uncomfortable to paddle on that like i thought oh okay this is why they stopped doing front sips.
0: oh okay so yeah. it's a it's um it's a fashion yes but technical no
1: i feel i feel if somebody did a wetsuit where you could have a scoop neck or a v neck then it'd be awesome right problem
0: but, is it would take on water
1: who cares <laughs> who cares yeah it's fashion it's right. fashion All in the name of fashion.
0: All right, my other kooker current for this week, wearing a rash guard. Oh, so true. You you see, the biggest kooks in the world wearing rash guards or Chloe Andino paddling out for his WSL heat.
1: For sure. That's it. When was the last time you put a rashie on? 13 years old. Yeah. Yep.
0: It was a bright blue O'Neill. I asked for it for Christmas because I thought it was cool. But that's when wetsuits used to give you rashes.
1: Sure, sure. But okay, how... Uh, when was the last time you had a chest nipple rash from surfing wetsuitless?
0: Maybe with a front traction pad.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm. Okay, I mean, like my nipples. I'll be honest. Hurt right now from today's session
0: because you need to build up a little bit of a callus.
1: I was on a foamy too, oh. the pink foamy. Oh, I was battling the kid in. Which, but we figured out last week was barrel. Was totally barrel. Pink foamy's a barrel, mm-hmm. but I I feel that there is a total need for the rash guard kooks have made rash guards so untouchable that i won't touch it anymore but we all should be wearing rash guards
0: so even though your nipples are raw you're going to paddle out tomorrow with no rash guard Uh,
1: obviously because you're only a goob if you have a rash guard on right yeah but really and honestly and i mean you don't need sunscreen if you have a rash guard like there's a thousand there's benefits. a thousand benefits to the rash card. It's just that <laughs> kooks have made them look so bad that you can't do it. But we all should be doing a rash card, right? I mean, I, I love think an, you're right. I love a nutty tan. I, and if you're going to go out for a, you know, 20 minute session, great. Do you, okay. Dave scales.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you're going to go out. It's warm. Uh, do you have somebody rub sunscreen on your back? Do you go out and risk the sunburn Or what do you do? Do you do a T-shirt? No, I never do
0: T-shirt. I always err on the side of caution. I go, somebody rubs some. Well, actually, I've actually developed a method to touch every square inch of my back with my own hands. There's no way. I can. Use the back of your hand, and you can get certain parts, and then what that can't get, you get with your other hand.
1: Really? Boom. Dude. No way, Jose. I can do it. You're straight. Like, Have you looked after a session... In a mirror, at your back, and just seeing the red spots?
0: There was a period of time where, yes, I did have missed spots, and then I corrected, and I've gotten to the point now where I can cover every square inch of my back with my own hands. Yeah, and I'm not the stretchiest person in the world.
1: But you can still do it. And
0: I do have some fat to work around, and I can still hit it.
1: So what I do, if I'm like, I was in Selena Cruz not too long ago, I'm a straight button-up guy. Uh, I'll wear a button-up, long-sleeve button-up into the lineup such a hipster dude i mean because it it's works right uh, it totally works that's the thing it works except the problem is it catches like when you're paddling and you're tired uh i've caught the button up i'll yeah. try to roll up the sleeves but i've caught the sleeve when i'm trying to push up and i've totally cooked takeoffs because i got caught up in that oh yeah my sleeve caught um yeah if i was less cool you're right i guess it is a hipster move because yeah. if i was less cool i would be in a rash guard
0: is the button up actually buttoned up
1: yeah, yeah, uh, it's buttoned. I'll usually button it the middle two buttons or not middle. Yeah, middle two. So it's yeah, super open flappy. at the bottom, super V-neck, uh, real flappy. Uh, that's all fine and good. So in in Salina Cruz, uh, what happened was the particular pink button-up that I had been using for a couple of years had been so saltwater rotted that the sleeves ripped off. <laughs> uh, and then I thought this is – I've discovered – the total future hashtag fashion, which was sleeves ripped off of a button up. And again, the whole thing was so saltwater rotten that the sleeves ripped off. So the whole thing disintegrated, you know, two waves after that. But for two waves, I was in Nirvana where it was a sleeveless button up, but which is cool. But again, and it was cool. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been way easier to have a rash guard.
0: So rash guard,
1: rash guard—it's a cooker
0: Curran, but are, it, are it, we calling it barrel? It's totally barrel. It's—I feel
1: like beach like, great
0: rash guards, dude. Oh, it's so
1: bad. But why can't we do rash guards? It's because so many Chinese people are doing it, <laughs> yeah, dude. Every Chinese at the beach. Sorry, Chinese. <laughs> <first> <laughs> I'll one. delete that for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, leave it in. So I'm happy to whack the Chinese, but
0: yeah i I agree like there's no chance I would wear a rash guard
1: absolutely zero chance i would I would take the worst sunburn on earth and or surf in my last t-shirt that was clean and or yeah. surf surfing about anything I would paddle out with an umbrella honestly an umbrella yeah to sit with the lineup like sit in the lineup with my umbrella up and then oh here it comes away I'm gonna put my umbrella down yep somehow get it around my wrist. Over wearing a rash guard.
0: But you know who would wear a rash
1: guard other than the kooks? Tom Curran. Yep. he's he. Tom Curran wears the rash guard and the uh, hat with the rash guard thing hanging down the back. With socks the only, on
0: his ears, too.
1: The only person I know who wears the hat with the rash guard thing on is the weirdly pale three-year-old at my <laughs> preschool daughter's preschool like who his parents are so fearful of the sun and that's tom curran they
0: don't feed him gluten either precisely or, like, no yeah. no no. he's like yeah, all exactly. that
1: he comes to preschool sunscreened up and Curran. yeah and Curran, which is current hashtag Cougar he's curran. curran. yeah yeah
0: hashtag cooker Curran. that's good well dude we are both thoroughly drunk i'm sure you need to get back to your family at this point um good show long show today dude
1: long how long did we go two hours oh it's way long sorry everybody <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might need to not include alcohol in future conversations. No, it's actually – you'd be surprised. I get tons of feedback saying I need more content.
1: People on Beach Grit so – and this is, again, just to push it over two hours. I think they loathe the long one where I think if you and I could do a 20-minuter, we'd be gold. But is that possible? We could do it. I,
0: I, uh, I disagree. My feedback has always been – longer the better
1: but the beachcrat is like what the fuck is wrong with the podcast model like did you okay. see that did you see the comment where he's like oh i listened to the the podcast the jazz surf splendor and it only went for four days three minutes i didn't and, see that yeah somebody wrote like it only went for f- six days and so i wanted to go for 15 days
0: okay so i guess this taps into what I told you last time, dude. You're just sloppy right now. You just hit your cup hit against my, the microphone. Sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> so I just I literally down have down a quarter bottle of vodka.
0: So we're this taps into what I talked about last time, which was my audience is podcast listeners. Sure, they were into podcasting, and then I came along, and they go, "I like surfing and I like podcasting, so I'll listen to this." Now that we're kind of publishing it on Beach Grit. There's people who have never listened to podcasts people before are and yep. they're used to like, give me the Instagram, sure. give me the three minute video sure. clips, like I have no attention span. So there's very successful podcasts that are literally four hours long.
1: Yeah. Hardcore you
0: know. history. Dan Carlin makes it and it's really, really good and it's interesting. So the benefit of this platform is that you can unpack heady topics and you can go long and whatever and go off on tangents. But for people who aren't familiar with that, I could see why they're saying that. So you and I need to make a decision and just go, hey, do we want to just give them the 20-minute bite-sized stuff to make them happy? Or do we just want to chat about Palm Springs for 20 minutes at the beginning of the show?
1: No, I mean, I think I think the whole point of podcast is to go long, right? Okay. I, I would argue that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Like that's, if you don't like podcasts, then you shouldn't listen to podcasts and agree, which is fine. Uh, and this is the whole point of podcasts is to do a longer thing and to, to do anything other than that is a disservice to the medium. Perfect.
0: Then we're on the same
1: page. Yeah. That's what I, I
0: so my feedback that I get is guys who go, Hey, I clean pools for a living for eight hours and you only record one hour a week. And then I have seven hours a day left times five.
1: Yeah. See, uh, do you listen to podcasts? Yes. See, I've. I have. The only podcast I've ever listened to in my life uh, is Serial. And I was driving back from Vegas. uh, And what was the one after Serial? The Big Banger. That one with the dude who did the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was still called Serial. It was just season
1: two. Was it?
0: Bergdahl? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The guy in the thing? Yeah, it was
0: Serial Season 2. It was the guy in the thing in Afghanistan.
1: Oh, no, I don't Berg listen to that Dull. one. Bergdahl, no, who, like... I, I didn't care about uh, Bodie Bode Bergdahl or whatever. Yeah. I didn't give a <laughs> shit about that, dude. Oh. It was... Uh, the other one I listened to was... <laughs> which it, I loved in the end, and I thought, wait, did I, just, I, did I accidentally waste a lot of time? Which was the uh, guy in the South in Alabama Goodness and whatever. He was, like, a total genius, and he committed suicide... Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Spoiler. Man. Oh, it, it, was the ba- it was the one that was got better ratings than Serial. It was like Ooh. the banger of bangers. Oh. It was the like genius guy, clock fixer guy. I missed it.
0: Whatever it was, I missed it because I'm not okay. sure what you're saying. So
1: I listened about. to that whole one, right? And okay. it was forever. I listened to the whole thing. Those are the Serial, which I thought yeah. brilliant.
0: Audio documentary.
1: Serial was brilliant yeah. start Totally to finish. We built what we're it. Doing. Boom. Uh, the second one, I loved it while I was listening. And then I got to the end. And thought, oops, <laughs> did, wasted time. I, did I accidentally waste 20 hours listening to this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, people just wasted
0: two hours. See, exactly. <laughs> that's
1: what I want. I mean, and good on them. Yeah. I guess. But
0: I think, like I said, the focus of this show is pulling back the curtain of Beach Grit sure. and like, what's the subtext, what's happening between the articles or behind the scenes of the articles, between the lines, that sort of stuff. I think that's what we should do here.
1: Are people going to know we were wasted yeah, At because this we told them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're
0: slurring your speech Hello? and hitting your glass against the microphone. Stop <laughs> so, bless. Brian. Anyways, until next week, get barrel, Chaz.
1: Oh, and also get wasted. Oh,
0: Thanks again for tuning in, spending two hours with us. And, of course, make sure to go to surfsplendorpodcast.com. Sign up for a monthly subscription, and that'll enter you to win the Motai board bag up to a $250 value. And even if you don't win, you can still save 15% off your first purchase simply by financially subscribing to this show. SurfSplendorPodcast.com is where you do that. All right, thanks as always for listening. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Share the show with friends, as I always say. And I'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Wax On, where I have a long conversation with Jordy Smith's coach, Chris Gallagher. We talk about Jordy's strengths and weaknesses, what they're specifically working on, whether or not Jordy will win the world title this year, and how they recuperated from losing to Felipe Toledo in that crazy heat in J-Bay with the double double alley-oops. How do you come back from that, strategize, adjust your game plan, and move forward? All of that next week on the Surf Splendor Podcast Network. Wax on with Chris Guy. All right? Until then, get out in the water, get a couple of weeks. and shred.